the Joe Rogan experience. Rogan is your friend. My voice is so crazy. It's Joe Rogan. A barrel of snakes for a bat. Who who made this? Uh, his name is uh, Breakable Beats, and you can find him on Sal- SoundCloud. Dude, you're awesome. Breakable Beats, and it really starts off funny because it talks about. And then it goes right into the. Here's here's the breakdown beat. My voice is so terrible. (laughs) That's hilarious, dude. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is one of the most surprising things about podcasting is uh, the amount of cool shit that people do on their own. You know, people create. Funny uh, YouTube compilations. Dude, I, I did. I uh, these guys in San Antonio, um, and I can't remember their name. They're, well, I'm going to try to find them and give them a shout out. But they, I, t- I tweet that I'm going to be in San Antonio, and these guys create a whole video devoted to Brian Callen and and no cunts allowed, no cunts please, <laughs> no cunts allowed. And it, I was dying. They made a, a tw- like a three minute like really well done put together video. So like a commercial for you. Yeah, they made a commercial for me and on Twitter. And it's oh, God, I'm trying to find them because they were so awesome. And uh, oh man, anyway, I'll, I'll I'll just give a shout out when we. But I mean, that's what the internet does. You get a bunch of guys. Who are like, dude? Let's make a video for him advertising. I was, I was dying. You guys are coming to my show for free, by the way. Just come out to me and tell me that you did it. Now everybody will be like, hey, yeah, you're gonna yeah. say you need proof, man. Yeah, you need to do another one. I know, I know the guys, so I know what they look like. <clears throat> it's a great thing, man. It's it's the great democratizing force. And <clears throat> I have a beautiful voice. I didn't realize that. So. Well, I think they put some of that fucking Jay Z shit in your I voice. What, what is that stuff? About. I don't know what you're talking about. That, that electronic no, thing. No. That, no. What is that, that music thing? What, what's it called? Auto-tune? Yeah, auto tune. They auto tune the fuck out of you, son. No, they didn't. <laughs> it's not Jay Z. Why did I say Jay Z? Who uses that auto tune shit? T Pain, yeah. T Pain. I think I sound like Josh Groban. I don't even know what that guy sounds like. I win. <laughs> yeah, I win. I yes, you do. I, win. I don't. I'm trying to find I would not be able to pick it out of a lineup. And you know, if you played it for me and it wasn't him, I uh, you would get me. Yeah, you I'm, could sell me a fucking album with Johnny Two Tone from down the block singing. If, if you could be one rock and roll frontman of all time, who would it be? Oh Jesus! I don't That's know. Tough one, isn't it? It's tough to fuck with David Lee Roth. It's tough to fuck with Diamond Dave. Yeah. About like when it comes to front men, yeah, dude. There was some years in the nineteen eighties, like eighty four, eighty five, through the jump era, 
Yeah. They dominated. They dominated. They dominated. His voice was incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder they broke up. They 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 were hitting it so hard. Of course they all lost their mind. Oh. <laughs> like, well, I spent were... I spent time with Diamond Dave. Oh yeah. And he uh he and some real had real conversations like three like, you know, two hour long. And he cuz he used to rent Dove David off's uh, the apartment above Dove Davidoff's um, he had a building Dove had and he used to rent from Dove Davidoff wow. above him and he basically would practice karate he had his <laughs> helicopter's license he was a, an EMT a real yeah. paramedic and saved lives he'd be he'd cat, tap, pull somebody out of a car and they'd be like you're David D. Lee Roth yeah. what the fuck and he was like ah but he told us these great stories and um, he, he like he's very very Spartan like he has a a bowl and a spoon and sometimes he'd sleep on the roof outside in the tent He's just a real like. You know, he's a he's very not, unusual yeah, dude. Yeah, he's not into money or anything. He's got. He's money. living in a really small apartment in Tokyo now. There it is. He came on the podcast and and talked to us about. It. He's been living in Tokyo for ten months. Really? Yeah. This is what, what a trip this guy is. He was. Uh, they were going to do some shows in Tokyo, and I go, "How many? For, like for how long?" He's like, "We're going to do about two weeks in Tokyo." I'm like, oh, "Okay." He went for ten months. Wow. For ten months. Yeah. He said the, that Eddie got sick. And so when they had to postpone it, it took a long time for them to be able to right. reschedule because it's a big tour. Sure. So when Eddie got sick and then they rescheduled, he said, well, hey, I'll just go over there and see what it's like. Yeah. So he fucking moves to Tokyo. He used to kayak around Manhattan. <laughs> did, did, did he really? Yeah. What are you going to do today? I'm going to kayak around Manhattan. Look, kayak around Manhattan, the island of Manhattan, kayak in, in wow. the Hudson River. He's, he does what he wants when how, <laughs> you know? What were you going to say? Though? He's taking sword classes. Oh, yeah. That's what he's doing. He's oh, taking no. sword fighting classes and learning Japanese. He would... So he came over here. He's speaking Japanese and telling, telling us about his fucking sword fight. He's 58. Well, he refers to karate as karate. Karate. That's my favorite. Well, uh, I studied karate for many years. In fact, I've studied so long, I feel as though I... Am well, he has a legit martial arts background. There's no doubt about yep. it. Like he, he definitely like. I remember he would throw kicks like when he would do his shows. I'm like that guy can move yeah. his fucking Flexible, body. Flexible can do the splits. Yeah. yeah, he would throw these like crazy high kicks, and you're like, holy shit! Like yeah. you can't like the way he was throwing kicks was like a guy who's trained martial yeah. arts and seriously. Lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot and and trained very hard. He's in really good shape. Yeah, he's in great shape, man. It's just it's interesting to meet a guy like that. That's mm. like this. 58-year-old sort of guy who just still does whatever the fuck you want. I think I'll go to Japan. <laughs> you know, fuck it. I think, yeah, I think what happens, though, when, you, when you've hit the apex of fame, like when you're a rock star on his level, you're the biggest. That, that's, that, you don't get more famous than that. You just don't. On Earth. On Earth. On Earth. I mean, and, and, uh, and, and just to play the stadiums and just like, go crazy. And I think once you do that and you're, you kind of, if you're an interested person in the world, you realize that's like you get immune to that. You actually right. I think you get immune to it. I think you get immune to that public embrace. And then you've got to find some way else to keep yourself inspired and excited and interested. And, you know, um, that sounds like what he what he does, man. That's why he's got such varied interests, man. He's such a such an interesting dude. I was I've got him on my phone right now. I've got their greatest hits. I was just listening to them. Like Diver Down, the, you know, those... those yeah, dude, he, some of those songs, oh. Running with the Devil, oh. God damn, those were good songs. They were unbelievable. It's just, but they were so big that it's no wonder that they broke up. It's like, who the fuck knows how to manage that? Like, I was having a conversation with uh, 
someone about Justin Bieber, where they're like, you know, did you hear what he did? He did this the other day, and, and that happened the other day. I'm like, do you know how fucking crazy I would be if I was Justin Bieber? That kid's holding it together remarkably. Remarkably well. When I, yeah, when I was 18 or 19 years old, if I had $100 million and a fucking Ferrari, I, oh Right my now, God. bro. Right now. <laughs> who are you talking to? Uh, right now, I'd be a mess. Yeah, I mean, I, that kid's fine. Wow. He's fine. Yeah. So he spit on somebody. Who knows what happened, who really? Who the fuck knows when you're constantly surrounded by people? Oh, yeah. he's a nice guy. He was at the Laugh Factory. Yeah. He was in the, in the crowd on a Tuesday night, and, and Dom Herrera gets on stage, and Justin's up there, and he goes, Justin, it must have been really hard for you, you know, before you made it, that one tough year when you were, like, 14. <laughs> 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 it's fucking great. Dom Herrera's awesome. Dom Herrera comes up with one-liners like just off the top of his head. He's an animal. Oh man, he's he's so fucking legit. Oh fucking Dom. He's been yeah. doing stand up for like a hundred years at yeah. a high level. I always love to to remind Dom that I, I paid to see him before I ever did comedy myself. So did I. Yeah, I, I, I remember his jokes. I did his jokes to him. <laughs> Yeah, I paid to see him at Nick's Comedy Stop. I actually went two nights in a row because he missed his flight or something like that on the first night. Huh. And so uh, that was how I found out about Dennis Leary. Uh, Dennis Leary went up that night, and I was like, who is this guy? Where the fuck is Dom Herrera? Like, right. I paid to see Dom Herrera. Well, something happened. There was like a missed flight or something along those lines. So then I was like, God, this guy, who's this guy? Yeah. I was like so bummed out. But he fucking destroyed. Oh, yeah. He destroyed. Back then, no cure, cure for cancer. Dude, I, did, I mean, this is before I knew anything about the plagiarism or anything about the bad things you hear about Leary. All I knew then, I, I didn't even know who he was, but yeah. he went on and fucking crushed. Amazing. He was like my favorite comedian for like six months. It's incredible when you see somebody who's that good at something. You know, you, yeah. you see stand-up for the first time and you have like maybe designs on... Like I just did this interview just now today uh, for this for the San Antonio thing and I... I, I literally said to the guy, I said, I still can't believe I can do stand-up. I can't believe I'm lucky enough. I'm truly lucky enough to go around the country and make people laugh. I can't believe I have that capacity. Like the great surprise of my life was waking up one day and realizing, I think maybe I can do this if I really practice. You know what I mean? It's like I, when did you when did you come to that? You, I, I always thought you always knew you could do no, it. No, man, no. I was a silly goose always, as you know. But um, I, I remember. I, uh, Patty Jenkins, my old, my old girlfriend, who, the director said, Brian, <clears throat> I got, I made a speech or something at a wedding or something. And I, I was funny. And she said, I got three words for you, dude. Stand up comedy. You're not going to walk into a room as this guy. And they're like, Whoa, that guy's really unique. He's five foot 11, 165 pounds with brown <laughs> eyes and brown hair. You know, he's, you're, you're not going to go in there looking like, so he said, you, but you're funny. And th she got me to start doing it. And I was like, I can't do this. But I went home and wrote a monologue on what it's like to be reborn a penguin, a legless flightless bird in the middle of the South pole. And I was like, that's kind of a funny idea concept but i don't know and i wrote it and i and, and then I, I i came up to my friends that night and i said hey i heard this comic doing these jokes and i pretended it was somebody else and they laughed and and that's slowly how i built a set man. that's I, funny I went, man yeah. that's a good way of doing it and that's so like your personality to do that <laughs> yes you're not really a self-congratulatory guy I'm terrible so that's 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 what you would do you would t you would congratulate someone else make a pre pretend character I did. oh my friend is so funny he my says these things so funny and i do it uh, and I laugh so hard and i was like i think i'm onto something that's man. a very clever way to begin stand-up comedy sure. like to practice on people of course <laughs> i would do that all the time I'd go, do you hear this comic that guy 
guy with that. I don't know what he looks like. He had red hair, and I would do the joke. This was all before I met you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I met you, you were doing comedy a little bit. You were, but you had gotten into the door, and yeah. it's and I I don't blame anybody for this, but there's there's a uh, an attitude that exists, or at least at least it used to, um, when you got a series or yeah. got some sort of a sitcom. You stop. Well, you could stop doing your stand up. You know, I actually had a good friend and a guy I respect very much say that to me, you know, who's a producer. And I was like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, what are you, this is, no, I'm just man. doing this for money. Like, you crazy? Right. Stand up is the greatest thing in the world. For you, do, you don't know because you've never done it. And, you know, and even if you do it and you suck at it, if there's a possibility that you can get good enough to be good at it, stick with that shit. Stick with that shit. <laughs> stick with man. that it's shit. It's so That's, much fun. It's way better than acting. It's, it's also a constant challenge. Like if you're a rock star, you can sing the same song for thirty years. The Stones can still sing "Start Me Up" and everybody cheers. Yes. You fucking stand up. You got to reinvent yourself. Yep. I mean, they come to see you. They they, mm-hmm. they want to see a new bag of tricks, bro. Oh yeah. They're not there to like see your do your you know yeah. greatest hits. Yeah, I put out my special whenever it was a couple months ago. I don't have. I'm not doing a single bit from that. That's it. It's all done. That shit's dead and buried. That's what I'm all my stuff is new. It's fun to do though, man, because uh, I, I, you know, I've been inspired by uh, quite a few guys that do that on a regular basis. Bill Burr does that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Louis C.K. does that on a regular basis, and I think he got a lot of people thinking that way, like just yeah. throw me throw your shit way. out and come up with. And it's totally right because what you really want to see is a lot of different material yes. from comedians. It also keeps you in a really active state mm-hmm. of mind. Like yeah. I, I've really learned how to write anywhere, no matter what, and I'm always thinking. Of new stuff so. yeah it's like we decide like how hard we can push ourselves like oh god a new hour a year i couldn't do it yeah you yeah, probably could yeah. you probably could dude. just fucking I'm go to work it. yeah and then when you do do it like when you you are coming up with new stuff it's so it's so exciting yeah. it's like the shows have a different energy to them because you're you're like still laughing at the shit too it's That's like right. it's still hitting you like That's... and i don't know how you are when you're creating material but when I'm creating material, I don't even know where the fuck it's coming from. I, I never feel like it's mine. No. I never do. Well, that's that beautiful notion that you're a channel for something yeah. that already exists, you know? Well, I think it's because the only way to truly <laughs> use your creativity correctly is to take your sense of you out of the equation. Mm. So it's not really that you're tapping into a muse, per se, as to take you out of the equation allows all the creativity to sort of appear and unfold. It's you. This idea of you, ego, is such an overwhelmingly constricting mindset. It's and, you know, and, and let me let me let me piggyback on that before you go on because I love this. I love what you're saying. And 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 when you say ego, a, a lot of that, and I'll, for young, young people, l- let me get specific. And I think a lot of it is we all define ourselves on very strong lines. Men, especially in this society, are told to define yourself along strong lines. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a fighter. I'm a tough guy. You can't push me. Whatever it might be, I'm a musician. That comes with a lot of baggage. And I think that that one of the nice things about trying learning how to create is to loosen those lines a little. Bit. Don't try to define yourself. Don't have, you don't have to be right. Don't don't pigeonhole yourself into I'm a tough guy or I'm this guy. Or I, no, not when you're creating. I, and, and it goes back to what you said. Take yourself out of the equation. Well, people try to define themselves because they're insecure. You know, I mean, that's how when I was a young man and I was insecure, that's when I tried to, defi- I tried to define myself. Mm-hmm. I tried to pretend to be somebody. I would try to, you know, as much as I wanted to be an individual, a complete individual, I, I, was, I certainly wasn't good at it. You well, know? but, you know, and it's also like I was just I just played volleyball with Brendan Schaub, Mayhem Miller. 
and uh, my buddy Kieran, all fighters, you know, obviously. And and I'm sitting there looking at these fucking, like, just, you know, Jason's been fighting for 15 years, retired now, but he's still a fucking rough, athletic big guy. And I'm looking at fucking Shab, who should just have a statue. I should have a statue built to him that I can just, you know. And, and I'm you're looking at... And, what the and, fuck are you talking about? I'm gay. About? I'm gay. I mean, I'm no, I'm straight. I mean, <laughs> I just, when I talk about Brendan, I get very gay. No, but I'm looking at how big uh-huh. and strong these guys are. I thought to myself, there's always somebody stronger. There's always somebody stronger than those guys, and and by the way, no, that's not true. There's going to be one strongest guy. There's got to be. There's, there's got to be. be. There's not. It's not. There's always got to be someone stronger. But that kind of brings me to my point, which is the idea that you know there, there it, there's not a real difference in some ways between me and Shab or somebody who's really big in the sense that yes, they're stronger, but we're all compared to somebody else. We're all kind of like. Depending on what context you're standing in, I'm stronger than this guy over here. He's stronger than me. You really think about this shit? Yeah. I, Why? Well, I was just thinking about how we 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 kind of. <laughs> we, I, I was thinking about how we try to kind of like aim for certain things. Yeah, but you're 45. No, I'm not talking you're 46. about. 46. I'm, I'm using it as an example. I'm just using an example of anything you do. Like if you're a musician, right? You want to play like that guy. I'm just saying that it, the the only thing that matters is that is a false that is a false way of going about things. Uh-huh. What, all you can do is control your own expression and who you are. That's all you can do is go. There is no the idea of comparing to something bigger or something but is an illusion almost. Right. It's, the, the only thing you can do is get is is get try to not dilute who you are. You you want to keep it as. It's as so it. hard to say. You mean it's saying that and doing that. It's like Fuck what is he yes. saying? It's so hard. What does he mean? You know, it's just, you got to know that your ego will fuck you up, man. Your your ego, even though you feel like it's a part of you and you feel like it's good to have it protect you so you'll bullshit yourself about things, it's super important to know when you fuck up and not be in denial. Because when you're in denial, it sets you back. Because, look, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There's not a single perfect human being. The idea is ridiculous. Because it's like, you don't, you're a different person depending on when I catch you. You're a different person depending on what time of the day and, you know, and what, what, what happened to you recently or, you know, what bad thing has gone down in your life. You're a different person at every minute of every day, 365 days a year. You're like a river in a way. Like, you you know, trying to, trying to say, this is who I am. I'm a tough guy or I'm this. You got to just learn from mistakes always, of yeah. course. Have the ethic of, you know, just trying to be a good person, just trying to be nice, trying not to. Yeah, but well, let me ask you this. Like you were saying, and I was thinking about this the other day. You know, you, you nobody's perfect. You can try to strive for perfection. It's kind of a good thing. You'll never reach it. But the idea is you can imagine what perfection is in a way. Like you ever feel that way? You ever feel like, you know, like you're doing this thing, which is stand up, mm-hmm. and you keep putting out stuff. In your mind's eye, you have a notion of what, what the perfect. I don't. don't. I think that's all a waste. This is what I do. What I or what I what I try to do. I, I just try to keep writing funny shit. Right. Just write it, make it funny, put it of, together, and just do it. it. Yeah, right? as well as it's. I know. I'm. The, you know. I explained this to Ari once, but it's applicable to me too. You know, Ari and I were talking about comedy and like what's going on now that he has like real fans and this 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 new obligation and i said you know if uh i go i'm an ari shafir fan i go i think you're really hilarious so if i was you know take me out of the the context of being a professional stand-up comedian if i if i was a guy just uh, doing something else and i found out about ari I'd be like, oh, this guy's funny. I would want to buy his CD. I would want to buy his DVD. I would become an Ari Shafir fan. I go, but once that happens, you're the only guy who can give me Ari Shafir. 
you're the only guy who right. can produce that material. Like you have this weird obligation. Mm -hmm. And if you do something like there's comics that were like really big at one point in time and they sort of stopped delivering comedy, they stopped making uh, making new, mm -hmm. you know, specials mm -hmm. and people sort of gave up on them mm -hmm. because they don't really talk about them that much anymore because they're not getting material from them on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're the only Brian Callen. Mm -hmm. you, you're the only guy so who can reach go... Brian Callen fans. So I just try to – I know that people think that the ridiculous shit that I do is funny. Mm -hmm. And I, I know how to do the ridiculous shit I do. So yeah. I just keep doing it. Yeah. That's my thinking. Yeah, the idea that, that, that – the I guess the idea of perfection is really a static notion. And you're never static. You're always, I don't, you're always yeah. a verb. I always – yeah. Always, always trying to uh, update – the bits right. it's a little bit different every show there's always something new i'm adding i'm taking away there, there, there i'm approaching a... it in a different way i'm i'm fucking with it i'm trying to find out how to do it the right way yeah. and and i'll learn along the way through trial and error right. and from my own feelings of being too verbose or too clunky or whatever the fuck it is and so in, in that way in doing it like that like you're never in the equation. You're never, the equation you're never in the equation. The equation is always the impact of the material. How, how, what is the best way I can do to make this funny? Like, what yeah. is, if I was, you know, if I'm ex experiencing this myself, like, what is the best way to yeah. do it? So you sort of become a passenger, you know? It's like you're the one who has to sort of orchestrate it. But, you know, the concept of the muse, I hate when I say you know that many times. The concept of the muse, that's that's a, a, a faker's um. You know, I really should be like, um, um, I'm like, you know, no, you, you don't know anything. You don't know what the fuck you're even talking about right now. But I, I feel like it's, um, the more you can take yourself out of it, the more you can say, I just want to be the best I can be. I want to be perfect. I want to be all that. I shit is like that guy's not doing any comedy. That's that, right. that, that one who needs all that. That's an annoying, yeah. that ego thing. That's a, that's a creepy part of you that you don't want to feed. Mm. You want that to shrivel up. You want that to shrivel up. It's really like a witch's you, tit. You're saying something really interesting. Cause I remember that the, there was a, a Lawrence Olivier was a famous actor and he'd done this production of, uh, you know, King uh, Othello or something like that and he was amazing and everybody came back and said it was the most incredible performance and he was in a really black, dark mood and I said but what, what's the matter and he goes that uh, was the greatest performance we've anybody's ever seen and he said I know I just have no idea how to repeat it you know and, and his thinking was wrong in a sense there you know he just got to go zen yeah. you got to go zen you got to go zen and understand that if you can do that that means you could do that it right. doesn't mean you're going to do it every night i mean there's going to be nights like there's times where i'm talking on this podcast where every third or fourth fucking word is my fat stupid tongue is hitting my teeth wrong and it's you know but i got to <clears throat> excuse me it's i called, mean it's called marijuana you know, it's not even that yeah, it's yeah. I, it's not it's not that i'm, well, I'm, that, I'm that, pretty the, good yapper it's just not what i'm, what I'm trying to say is like there's, there's there's ebbs and flows to things. There's never a perfect, absolute, sustainable rhythm for anything. So you, if, you, if Lawrence of Olivier can crush it like that, what that means is that he can crush it like that. Right. It doesn't mean he's going to crush it like that every night, right. but he crushed it like that live. And it's live. When things are live, it's, you know, it's a different experience. Do you remember in uh, the book of Five Rings when Miyamoto Masashi says, practice something enough so that the thing of itself reveals itself, the spirit yes. of the thing reveals itself? What do you think he meant by that? Well, because the same thing he meant that you if you f know the way broadly you can see it in all things mm -hmm. and what it's the same thing it's like the way is the spirit of a thing is really excellence whether it's bowling or golf or 
archery. Mm. The spirit of a thing is excellence. The spirit of a thing is finding how to control the body and to get it all online well, where how would you, you run up and do that perfect three-point, you know, or, yeah. or, or, or three-point foul shot. Did you ever see that fo- that video of that autistic kid that never played basketball before no. and, and they, they threw him in on the last game? To Brian, find this on my Twitter. This is incredible shit, man. Incredible, incredible shit. This uh, kid, it's, it's kind of unrelated, but this, this kid um, has, is a high-functioning autistic, mm. and they put him in on this uh, basketball game. And he's, uh, like, you could tell that the kid's, like, loved by all these teammates. And when they take this kid and they finally let him play in the game, it's like they're one of their last games, the kid gets up, the place goes nuts. They love him. They're cheering for him. He throws his first ball, and it's a, a, he misses by, like, six feet. And they're like, oh, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. And then he can't miss. He's nailing three pointers from the outside, and the crowd is going fucking Holy crazy. Shit. This kid misses one shot and then gets in this insane groove of over and over and over again one slamming three pointers. He won, like, the, the school record. The See, he five. misses... That's that's not Very it. Solid. There's a uh, yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. Um. Everybody else is decided. But J Mac wasn't done. He kept shooting and kept hitting another three. Oh, did you start this like inside three. of it a little yeah. bit? Okay. Oh, yeah. The the beginning they show the first basket which which he misses by like six feet and look then at this, look at all these kids. Oh, they went crazy. Look oh, at them run on the field. The grab them and they're picking them up and carrying them around. Can you imagine how good that kid must have felt? Oh man. If I retired today, this would be the one thing that I talked about forever. Wow. Dude, are you kidding me? Isn't that amazing? That, yeah. That's, that's um, another word for excellence, I think, as you, as you speak about it, is harmony. Everything moving in, in the way it's supposed to. That, that's what it sounded like you were talking about. That, that, that's a form. That's kind of like t- har- harmonizing with a frequency, man. Like getting into something and a, and a pattern and, and where everything is, everything is firing the way it should. Yeah, you know? and, and understanding what it, what it really is. Like, see, the more, like in Musashi talking about, it's totally applicable to stand-up comedy. Because in talking about like the more time you practice it and the more you observe it and the more you understand it, the more it's, what it is reveals itself to you. And then you know how to operate and try to achieve excellence within it. That's Whatever right. it is, like you're almost riding it. You're almost it's it's doing the the work. Yeah, that's why I think that activities are really important for people. There's a lot of people that unfortunately don't engage in activity. They don't engage like and they don't have hobbies. Or yeah, like or... anything like that. Learn a language. Do, do, do something. Well, yeah, do something that's you exciting. You learn the art of learning. You know, the problem with our education system. Gore Vidal was saying this is that it was that. We don't have an education system that teaches you how to think. Right. We don't. That's we don't. so true. And, and that's 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 the there is an art to learning, man. There's an art to learning. There's an art to how. It's to an art to being a human being. That's right. It really is, and no one teaches us. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're all idiots raising other people by with you know with the same flaws that we were raised there's with. No, there's no manual for it. Exactly, and there's and you know, when you look at what we consider our. Our, our source of uh, education as far as like what is distributed to us nightly what's the news right I mean that's really the education that people have mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. once you get out of school 
unless you're reading books on your own, where are you getting your information about right. the world? You're That's getting right. it from the fucking news. That's right. Well, the news doesn't really represent what's A, going on in the world, and B, it doesn't say anything about how you should be dealing with this, how you should be thinking, how we, how we should uh, resolve these issues. It's like this tattletale that just goes running over and tells us about all the fucked up shit that's happening in the world, but they don't, there's, it's not a dialogue with a person. It's by, like a source of information. By the way, that, that complaint goes back <clears throat> at least 3,500 years. Socrates, when he was in, at his trial, said, you, take a, you wouldn't take a horse to try to ride it and not train it. The same applies to a human being. You've got you to start with, with the notion of he was trying to teach philosophy in the sense that you better, you better know what questions to ask throughout your life. And we should start with young people, educate young people the right way with the right questions. If you don't do that, then, then you know, you've got to start with a base almost, you know, and, and uh, we don't. We don't do that, man. We, we, it's, it's almost like learning jiu-jitsu, just learning moves without learning the principles behind it first. Yeah, well, it's also like learning jiu-jitsu without going over the real correct drills, you know, like learning real live, right. you know, applications and, right. and the, you know, the, the way school is set up. I, you know it again, you motherfucker. The way school is set up, it's they have – X amount of thousand kids and they have to get these kids through with a basic understanding of the building blocks of our world. Mm -hmm. They have to understand math. They have to understand how to structure a sentence. They, understand, they have to understand how to form paragraphs and they've they got to know what happened in the past. And then you're off on your own. Good luck, fucker. They, they, Next they, stop, college. You, know, you talk about taking yourself out of the equation. It, that's an Asian thing more than a, a Western thing, certainly more than American. You know, if you, they, they had you know, Chinese people look at a fish tank. And then they had Americans look at the fish tank. The Americans uh, described the fish. The Chinese described how the relationship between the rocks, the seaweed, the fish, the boat in there, and everything. They were they were looking at the entire the entire picture, and th that that's a lot of it is. Uh, my buddy was a paramedic in uh, uh, a medic. I'm sorry, in Vietnam for two term two tours. And one of the things he found was that the Viet Cong, when they would get injured, they wouldn't go into shock, and you could you could interrogate them. They wouldn't go into shock. The Americans would get hit, and a lot of times they'd go into shock. And it's very dangerous when you go into shock, which is actually, you know what shock is? The panic. The lockup. Yeah, but your body, your body overload. will take all the blood from your extremities and go right to where the wound is, like sort of like the core area, and your body can shut down. It's very dangerous. And that is from panic. That's right. That's from your, your, your heart races and instead of slowing down. And so why? Well, one of the things was that when an American would get shot, you'd go, holy shit, I've been shot, and you focus on that wound. When Viet Cong would get shot, they were taught that the whole culture wasn't about you. You were a leaf on a very big tree. Put your attention out there. And, and that was kind of one of the things he took back from Vietnam because somebody said to him, you know, you've been teaching this acting class from 7 to 12 for five years. I've never seen you yawn once, not once. And he says, I don't think about I don't. I don't think about myself. I'm never part of this equation, man. I learned a long time ago, even if I'm tired, it's just a form of energy. And, and I spent a lot of time. If I start worrying about being tired, I'll get tired. Yeah. And he's got, he, he was 55, and he just was very good at taking himself completely out of the equation. Yeah, I think that the, you can definitely trip yourself up with some bad behavior patterns mm -hmm. as far as your, your feeling and your health and the, the negativity that you see in the environment all over the place. I mean, we've all been around that one person that just complains about everything, like, oh, great. Great. Look at the hotel we're staying at. Oh, fuck. Look at this fucking place. Oh, Jesus. Great, this great. place hasn't been updated since the 70s. Like, will you shut the fuck up, man? Like, 
there's a guy who who um, I don't want to speak out of turn. I, I don't know if his name, but he's a writer. Tried to kill himself, and he was listening to birds. And some the, his girl was there, and she was talking to him. And she said, "Listen to the birds." He goes, "What do you hear?" He said, "I don't I don't like listening to birds." She said, "Why?" She goes. They're so beautiful. He says, you hear beauty. I hear a bunch of animals trying to fight for territory and scratch out and yelling at each other. And she went, hey, dude, don't ruin birds for me, man. <laughs> you may be smart as fuck, but I don't want to be your kind of smart, you know. And it really is a question of what you choose to look at, what you choose to hear. <laughs> well, how emotionally invested you choose to be in whether these birds fight to the death. It's also your belief system, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you're, you can change your belief system in some ways. Well, it's <clears throat> choosing whether or not you're going to be affected by all this information. You know, mm -hmm. the, what I was going to say is that the, the, when we were talking about the uh, needing some sort of a, a lesson in how to think and how to operate the mind, mm -hmm. if the human mind, if the human body was – the just you know just the human experience if that was an an instrument that you had to learn to use think about navigating the human life with the human body and language and think about if you came from somewhere else and the human body wasn't and the human experience wasn't just a person living a life but rather was a ride that you had to figure out how to how to master mm. how to accomplish and that the human animal with its creative abilities, with its abilities to reach out to people, with its uh, ability to build buildings and use electricity and all these different things. That's a, that's a, that's a vehicle. That's what that is. Yeah. Learn it. Learn how to use that vehicle. Yeah. You would have intensive study for, a for years a and years it and years of just trying to figure out how to go about the correct way of doing this. Mm -hmm. They would be like, you know, you, you'd have to figure out what is the best way to think? What is the best way, what most beneficial way to you to approach every project as a, right. a, as a person moving around in this human world with this human machine? Yeah. It would be like a super complicated thing. Well, but uh, instead, it's just two people fucking, uh, 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 some guy shoots a load in the girl, she swells up, plank, a person comes out, no one knows shit. It's a good sound effects, by the way. Thank you. So the three of them are standing there, no one knows what the fuck is going on, and they keep doing the same thing. They keep right. interacting with each other the same thing. The way the human... The, the, the way the human being and the human body interacts with the world is so bizarre and complicated. And to get it right and correct takes so much fucking thinking. It's amazing. And, to, and tutelage. We just let these things just go right. loose out into the world. Right. You know, right. I mean. <laughs> Which is why people are desperate and lonely and forsaken of course. And forgotten and all that stuff. Well, we're caught in this machine. There's a real machine going on with, with society today. And that machine is uh, the building of society, the increasing of bandwidth, you know, the interconnectivity that's provided by technology. It's all of that. And it's, it's all of that with this exponentially increasing momentum behind it yeah, and yeah. we're all caught up in that yeah. and we're caught up in that and we have mortgages and we have bills and we have all these but we're what we're doing is we're feeding this system we're feeding the system of televisions and computers and 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 cell phones and new clothes and it's distracting it's it's, distracting it's so distracting it's like you 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 start unknowledgeable and and the greeks always said you go from knowledge but you don't jump all the way to wisdom there's an in-between place, which is correct opinion. Correct opinion comes from when you study as you're reaching for wisdom, you start to develop as the world <coughs> crystallizes around you with the right teaching and, and stuff. You start to learn what, the, what, what sort of the correct way to look and reach and follow and the, the correct opinion is. And then you finally 
get to a point where you understand and can explain why that is the correct opinion. That takes a long fucking time. That's life mastery in a way. But it's like what you're saying. is it's, 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 We don't have a system. We try to with public education, but we don't have a way or a system to really teach people how to live the, the, the art of No, living. no one knows what the fuck they're doing. And we, the, the people that we were raised by, they didn't know what the fuck they're doing either. I mean, my parents are very nice people. My mother is uh, with my stepdad. They've been together forever. It's like they're a very nice couple. They're very nice people. But they were raised by people who didn't know shit. And right. th their parents were raised by people who didn't know shit. And this era that we're living in right now, mm -hmm. it's like human beings are just starting to wake up mm -hmm. and realize that we were all living in this weird sort of momentous world, this world that moves on momentum. And momentum doesn't make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. And we're all just waking up realizing that it was set up by people who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they knew how to build buildings. They knew how to use electricity. But no one knew how to teach society how to chill the fuck out, relax, and enjoy each other. Not one fucking person, besides like Martin Luther King and a few people with some dreamy speeches, not one person emphasizes that in the role of government. Not one person is pushing that, like, can't we figure out a way that human beings are just nicer to each other? Can't we figure out a way where there's maybe a little bit less profit, but also less pollution and less fucking with people and less, like, less control over the human populace? A lot of it, Isn't I that say, possible? I would, say, I would say, though, you're also dealing with the residue of of a most of human history, almost all of it has been not enough to eat yeah. uh, and dying of disease. Oh yeah, no, it's no doubt there's been a lot of things that led us to this point. Yeah, trauma. But this is also the first point. We have a responsibility as the human beings that have the first access to this sort of information mm -hmm. to not be looked at like a bunch of silly fucks by the people of the future. Mm -hmm. Because that's a real problem. Because mm -hmm. if I look back, I mean, living this life right now, just looking at all the silly nonsense that human beings are involved with. Like everybody, I look on Twitter and everybody has these fucking equal signs on their uh, their, their Twitter avatar to let everyone know that they're into marriage it's equality. Uh, it's uh, equality. Yeah. It's marriage equality. You should be, you should be that's like saying you having that on your Twitter avatar. You might as well just say water's wet. Is hot hot? Is cold cold? I didn't. Of course, marriage equality makes sense. The fact that you even have to. Who are you talking to? Well, like, who, talking this is. I know, but yeah. but seriously, in two thousand and fucking thirteen, anybody we should find out who doesn't have that on their avatar. It should be that. Let's. How about nobody use their face anymore? And 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 let's let's find out. And the people who have a problem with it, who gives a shit whether or not a couple of lesbians want to marry each other, you're an asshole. Right. Like, you're an asshole. And maybe nobody tells you you're an asshole, right. but why do you give a fuck about them? You worrying at all about what other people are doing sucks. Right. It sucks for everyone yes. around you. Exactly. You fuck everything up. You care that two people love each other and they want to sign some paperwork. Why do you give a fuck? Exactly. What do you give a fuck if she signs some paperwork that the other chick's going to be her ass-eating slave till the end of time? And she'll have to be reincarnated as a future ass eater. And upon turning 18, we'll resume her practice. Because this chick's going to be immortal. 
Write that on paper. Right. What fucking difference does it make? Right. Why do you care? I, if you care, you're an asshole. Right. You're never, just an I asshole. I never understood it. I never understood that. It's fucking dumb. It's the desire to control the people and to impose your mythology or your belief system on someone else. It's some because really uncreative fucks, too, who are not thinking about how ridiculous you're going to look in the future. Right. When they're looking back on the past, the way they looked at those idiots that thought that leeches were the best way to cure your broken leg th those fucking people we laugh at them today and don't tell me about scientific applications of leeches you yeah. fucks because there's none <laughs> I can just there's see you none get, I can just see you, you stop it those. people are like you know there are medical applications for leeches like people sent me that because i was making no, fun they, of leeches they using them for gangrene yeah you can use them yeah, for yeah, stuff yeah. but guess what medicine works better yeah, no, they use for almost everything maggots for maggots gangrene. yeah maggots are but they legit. do use leeches for something too like to coagulate blood or some shit well maggots will eat all the neck Sacrified tissue, right? right they, right, uh, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll clean up. The dead, yeah, and they they stop infections. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of crazy. It's good for you. Then maggots eating your flesh is good. They for put you. a cast on you. They throw a bunch of maggots down there. And, yeah, because and, they can't ugh. eat you. Right. They can only eat the stuff that's fucked up. It's so crazy. Yeah, I mean they're not really like good eaters. No. So like it pays to have them all mushed up on your ah! wounds. <laughs> and they actually apparently they're good eating if you if you if you need to. Well, they're a high source of protein, right? Yeah, you can yeah. keep that shit. What's interesting? Isn't it interesting how we have this like real these really clear views about what is and isn't good food or something that you should eat? Yeah. And crabs and crabs and spiders. Could there be an animal that's closer to looking like each other? Well, they're in the same family. Yeah, they're in the same family. Once they I look found out that lobsters were in the lice family. I couldn't eat lobsters anymore. <laughs> I was like, they're part. What do you mean they're in the lice family? They're Have you giant ever seen lice? those it. dudes in the jungle that eat, they cook up the tarantulas? No. You never seen them? No. They look yummy. It looks like a soft shell crab. Really? I bet. Th I bet. I bet, I bet you it is. I bet they taste good. They're they're all in the same family. You but know? we have this weird thing, right? Like when yeah. we're talking about maggots. Yeah. Like if it wasn't mag, like what is hemp force protein? It's fucking ground up plants, mushy ground up plants. Right. Like okay, you eat plants. Got it. Okay, what is what are maggots? Maggots are just these little fleshy flies, things. Right? Okay, yeah. well what 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 do you eat? What tell me what you do eat? What are you I, cool I with? You cool flesh, with yogurt? I eat the flesh off an animal. And yeah. I, and I, yeah, and I eat you cool yogurt. with yogurt? You know what that is? Yeah, you know you're eating like a fucking civilization. Yeah. You know you're eating a living organism. Right. You're eating acidophilus, a pure living organism. All bacteria. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing, stupid? Do you know what you're doing? It's good stuff. But sir. you're like, no, maggots are bad. <laughs> maggots are your little buddies. They're your little wound cleaning buddies. They're full of protein, Keep and you're saying no to them. Yep. Keep but yet you're. Just chugging down that fucking corn-fed beef. These fatty, diseased cows. Fat, sloppy, heart-pounding as they pump sludgy blood through fucking caked-up arteries. Excess livers living Ooh. in their own shit. Oh, my God. Just the fucking amount of fat that you get on it. But that's the only way to get a delicious ribeye. The kind that you really... Oh, you cook it over mesquite. Feed just a little corn. salt and pepper. Don't get crazy. All you need is a little salt and pepper. Um, the uh, grass-fed beef, though, once you get used to that, it's uh, it's uh, to me. It's uh, I feel so much better eating it. Maybe it's psychological. Oil, you no, know, the oils. The oils. First of all, they're ruminants, so cows are supposed to eat grass. They don't, they yeah. don't eat grains. Well, they're definitely you're eating a healthier animal yeah. for sure. You're, it it more, tastes they more they like diet. game. And also, the the, the oils in the uh, meat are very different when they eat grass versus yeah. when they eat corn. The oils are yes. Oh. The, the the fatty acids um, are are I believe I can't remember what it, what the ratio what it is, but the the fatty acids literally change from like omega three to omega six or something like that. I mean, wow. So, so when you eat a, a, a bison or you eat uh, grass fed uh, beef, 
the oils uh, are healthier and and a lot of um, heart doctors on Dr. Oz are prescribing grass-fed beef because it uh, helps with inflammation. It actually brings inflammation in the body down, uh, according to a lot of research. That's really interesting because yeah. I talked to a woman who was a, um, a chiropractor. We were talking about discs, you know, because I got a disc issue on my mm-hmm. back. And she said, besides this thing called the McKenzie Protocol, it's like a series of stretches that they yeah, use to yeah. elongate the spine. Mm-hmm. She said changing the diet is very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, she recommended uh, a bunch of different uh, anti-inflammatories mm-hmm. um, and uh, cutting out all wheat. Uh, yeah, that 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 believe it or not, like people who are eating gluten yeah. and like that, the more and more people are sort of understanding that what you're doing is just slowly poisoning yourself with that stuff, but you can handle it. Yeah, that's really what's going on. And when you cut it out, you're like, oh, whoa, yeah, hmm, why do I feel so good now? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like that stuff's not good for you. I stopped eating bread and like also because it's got a high glycemic index. It's kind of like spikes your insulin. So I eat brown rice and yams, and I just feel better when I do that. I, I do that. But yet I don't – I'm not rigid. No. I still will go to a nice Italian restaurant and have Fuck bread yeah. with olive oil and balsamic vinegar. And I'll You have, mean the way the Sicilians yeah. do when they live till 105? Yeah. You mean well, those that's, guys? Yeah, that's – I wonder how much bread they, they ate. Do they eat a lot of bread? Well, you know, when you go there, you see the bread they eat. It is it is as healthy. It's a meal in itself, dude. It's all wow. – like you see the bread up in like – oh, you go to northern Italy. I went to this place. I walk into this bread place. That bread is – it doesn't look like bread, okay? It looks like a, just a, like a block of seeds and nuts. And you're like, what the fuck? You could hit somebody in the head and they die. My grandfather used to my, – my grandfather came over here during the Depression on a, on a boat. They, mm-hmm. His family hopped in a boat from Italy and came That's over here. That's a fun ride, by yeah. the way. And they lived in this like seriously Italian neighborhood in uh, New Jersey. And we used to, uh, it was almost dead by the time I, I got older. But when I lived with them for a bit, when I first moved to New York, when I was like 23, I guess, 23 mm. or 24, I lived with my grandfather for like a year. Wow. And uh, he would still go buy his bread from this uh, place in New Jersey. And there's some people that had been there from the 1950s. They had been selling bread in this one, probably even more. I think it was sure. actually the 30s. Yeah. They were there. From, Real legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this old school bread place, and they would go and get the bread every day. And that's how the immigrants, like, got by. That shit is delicious, by by the way. Yeah, everything was homemade tomato sauce. My grandmother was always, like, cooking things, and it was always homemade. Like, they grew their own tomatoes. They turned them into tomato sauce. They made their own pasta. My grandmother would be, like, rolling pasta. Nothing came out of a can. Screaming at my grandfather. You get off me, Joe! You leave me alone, Joe! I'm tired of your bullshit! I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna move in with my sister. And she would be, like, fucking... Oh, they would go crazy. My grandparents were Sicilian, and I... I It was the same thing. Nothing came out of a can. My grandfather was fucking... they didn't have Food money purist. when they were kids, no, too. No. It's like the idea of paying for something which costs more when you can grow in your backyard. Like, what are you, stupid? My grandfather would show up with a wheel of Parmesan, a wheel. <laughs> and it'd sit. We had a food pantry, and it would sit in this big closet like food pantry. Like, it was, you could walk into it. You know, there's a real issue with, with uh, cheese in this country and milk. Uh, in that people want everything to be pasteurized and homogenized, and right. that raw milk, when it's from an excellent source, should be available to you just like raw eggs are available to you, just like raw meat, and it should be clear and obvious as to whether or not you're eating bad food. Mm-hmm. Like when you're eating a steak, okay, and if you buy a steak and the steak sits in your refrigerator for like five or six days, you don't get to it, it starts to get a little funky. Right. You know, you know why? That's because it's a fucking thing from an animal, and it's it used to be. 
alive. It's It's decaying. And that shit's real. And as soon as you stop that process, okay, as soon as you step in, you're monkeying around with nature. Okay, and I know I know it's good, and I know it's helped a lot of people get through some really dark times in this world where milk, because it was homogenized and pasteurized, they could keep it longer, sure. and it fed people. Sure. But at a certain point in time, we have to realize that the, all that homogenization and pasteurization is not the healthy way to do it. The healthy way to do it is to eat it fresh. Like it, they, they're like the healthy way to do anything. And then it becomes this industry with taking this milk and changing it through this process of homogenization and pasteurization, well, what happens to those people? What, if you don't have to homogenize and pasteurize milk, and well, we out of business? Listen, Charlie, I've been giving you a lot of money all these years. Right. I supported you for governor in 84. So I supported you again. So we got to make raw milk illegal yeah. now. So it's they, illegal for your own safety. They arrest people for selling raw yep. milk. You can't get raw cheese. Raw cheese is super fucking hard to get, yep. man, because they want you to use homogenized and pasteurized milk. Because if it's just some Joe Blow farmer who has no access to homogenization or pasteurization, just starts selling his milk and people actually like it. Mm-hmm. Well, the fucking world could end yeah. that's a real right. problem and and that's that's where that's why the only thing we should all be talking about is campaign finance reform the the idea that money in politics as long as there's money in politics you're going to have very powerful wealthy interests controlling even what the fuck you eat well yeah and i think it's not a bad option this is what i want to once say because if you are in a low-income household and you're in a situation where when you buy a, a gallon of milk, mm-hmm. like that gallon of milk needs to all be used. And, and stay and, if it and, goes, and keep, yeah, yeah so you need pasteurized milk. Yeah. Right. And if it, if you, you know, if it lasts for a week and a half with pasteurization, but it only lasts three days if sure. it's raw, that fucks your family up. Sure. And I completely understand that. So what we have to look at then, if you're looking at a holistic approach, is how do we eliminate that from civilized society? How do we eliminate people that are working in such poverty that they're worried about their milk being bad if it goes three days like milk how much does milk cost like what is milk like four bucks or something it like all that depends, that could yeah. for a lot of people yeah. that's a deal breaker like sure. they're 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 really trying to put it all together that's kind of fucked up that's kind of crazy that you know some guy could be working in, in a, a job all day every day and then they take taxes out of that and then when you look at it he still doesn't have enough money to eat natural food that's where the food stamps program comes from. That's all yeah. those things, all those answers. But that's you know? not the answer, right? The mm-hmm. the answer is sort of a restructuring of how much your time is worth. Like what is – and figuring out also how how to find some way. I mean it's the, – the, the, the society we live in is really sort of like a really nutty game. You know, and well, the, finding the, the your spot in that game and finding how to ex- exact points from that game. Well, you just said it's finding your spots because what the, the, the as technology grows exponentially and our economy will start to change exponentially, it, there isn't – you've got to figure out how to make yourself useful. And traditional, you know, labor and things is is not going to be worth and, – and already is this case – is not going to be worth – what it was when yeah. a robot can do it and stuff. So then, then where does where does a human being? Where are you? What does your skill set have to be? My guess is you're going to have to constantly be taking classes and constantly be changing yeah. and constantly be keeping up with a with an economy that is always moving 
at a, the speed of life. You know, I mean, it's, it's moving very quickly. The speed of life. That's a funny thing to say. The yeah. speed of life. And that that's really what it is. Like mm-hmm. the speed of life is it's constantly ever changing. And to think that somehow or another you're obligated, you know, to, to have a job. I've been a cobbler. My family were cobblers. What's going on? I can't make shoes anymore. Right. You know, listen, change. I can't change. Yeah. Well, either that or make some shoes that are undeniably dope <laughs> that everybody wants to go to your shoe store and, and buy your handmade shoes because yeah. they're so fucking badass. Yeah. But unless you attain that sort of perfection at your craft, you're not going to attract people. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're you going to have to find something that like imagine if you were like really into owning a record store. <laughs> and you're like, man, look, everybody needs records. Okay, I'll tell you, man, record store is always going to be around. It. It's a great investment. I'm going to take my money. I'm going to put it in records. Record. Economists <laughs> always talk about this. Economists always talk about how things become obsolete, and there's always got to be the the the, econ- the capitalist economy is based on the notion that here's how they do it, and I'm going to come along and do it better for a premium. I'll, I'll come up with a better way to do what you're doing, and that's the idea. You know, that you always I got a better car for you. You know, your car's breaking down. I got a better car. You know, I'll, I'll fix that problem for you. Sort of, but yeah. I mean, we are always constantly improving things, and that's one of the more fascinating things about the human condition to me. You know, I love that I got this Apple Retina laptop thing. Look how skinny, so tiny and Mm -hmm. light. I love that. I I love. And you don't need any more computer than that. It's not like I can. I can. Oh, but you're so wrong. I do. If they come up with a new one, it's better and more awesome. But but I'm just saying that you know. There's not a huge difference. Like, like once you get that, it's all you need. Right. You know, it's very easy now to get everything you need as far as like a visual experience or you know, a, um, or just access to information. I think you know? to to try to deny or slow down the idea that we're going to continue to pump out newer, greater, crazier shit, and that you're going to continue to want it lustfully, it's ridiculous at this point. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's just it's a part of hu- what humans are. And your attraction to it is just like your attraction to tits. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially if you know you're never going to be able to touch them. But a girl with great tits can walk into a room and you just go, oh, look at those fucking things. Changes the whole fucking What equation. a good kid. You just look at them just round uh, and they move when she moves. And every girl in the room is pissed because she's not wearing a bra. Oh, greatest, that fucking bitch. Look at her. I can't believe she's not wearing a bra. What a fucking whore. Oh, my God. I can't believe she's not wearing a bra. She shows up in my fucking thing and she's not even wearing a bra. This fucking pig. She shows up. Her tits are poking out. She's, she's looking pig, like she's trying honey. to suck yeah. every dick in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> otherwise known as my type. <laughs> I remember when I was with a bunch of girls and I was like, I don't know, a long time ago. And, and this girl comes in and she had eyeliner on and she had like she'd drawn a line around her lips. She had this. She was like really kind of she had high heels and all the girls Whoa. were like, Ew, look at how gross she is. She's just so fucking trashy. And, and I was like, that's that's what I call 1000 percent. This guy's type. You fucking <laughs> you fucking boring white chicks from Connecticut with your flat shoes and your shitty jeans. <laughs> Fuck off. Ah! I was like, the hey, East Coast holds those hot girls God down. God damn, does it ever. Them, uh, oh, they yeah. hold them down. Oh, yeah, they you ri- mean... ridicule them. Oh. They think they're a bad part of society. Oh. When women see girls dressing slutty or flirty, they fucking hate, hate them. They That's hate. like Boston Irish chicks. Fuck oh. that guy, that chick. Whereas nice you... heels, you fucking hooker. <laughs> you does hooker. your mother know you're out there sucking cock for nickels? Just, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, that's attractive, honey. I, I think I'll date you and not the fucking Italian princess over there. They'll hold her back oh, God. with her painted toes and her her fucking skimpy skirt. Uh, they hate. Hate, hate her. Hate her. 
haters. Oh God, sad. There's, There's a lot of haters out there, man, and that's it's a sad thing that women can't express themselves the way they want to. I might be to. that way though. Like, I, if I if I didn't have outlets, like like, uh, what do you mean you? Might no, no, no. Be like in other words, like if you if you were just a dude and there was some guy who shows up, like fucking Shab shows up, like with his shirt off, and the girls are all like, I want to have sex with that guy, and even your wife is like, I love that guy. Well, He'd your wife's like, a cunt. You yeah, keep her mouth shut. Right. How about that? That's bullshit. <laughs> when dudes when dudes no. bring when dudes bring their wife over to me sometimes and they'll say something like you know you you're the one on the uh, on the list like you're she's a lot of yeah, yeah. like, what are you talking about stupid right, like right. why are you even accepting that from right. her you know no, why why would you let guys, anybody at least guys are like look right, fucking, shut the fuck up if your wife says oh i think Brendan chops hot i think so. she's an asshole right 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 if right. you're married to some chicken she does that exactly. just like you're a douchebag if you, you you make her feel like that right. Exactly. If you do that on purpose, that's that's no, but I'm just saying, cuntish behavior. That, that, that is a guy you have outlets. It doesn't matter. A lot of guys are better looking. I just go, yeah, I make you laugh, so fuck you. <laughs> and you like me anyway. Cause, you have a reoccurring theme. I do. You have a reoccurring theme where you're accepting. You're, you're, like, you're like, look, I'm not the this, I'm not the that, I'm not the this, I'm not the that, but I'm the this. You know, that's like this reoccurring uh, thing. Just, like, yeah. it, is, it is very self-defining, yeah. you know? I've been, I've been writing a script about that. Yeah? Yeah, about a guy Let who tries, tries to become Let a that man. shit go. No way. <laughs> No, Who's going to star in it? Paul Reiser? Yes, he is. <laughs> Paul Reiser. And Paul Reiser. No, no disrespect to Paul Reiser. I just, I loved He's him great. in Aliens. Yeah. That was his greatest movie I just, ever. I auditioned for Paul Reiser once. Really Did you cool. ever see him in Aliens? Yes. It wasn't a funny role at all. It was yeah. like a really creepy guy role, yeah. and he fucking nailed it. His That's acting it. was. It was so believable, man. It's a fucking great he played role. a real creep, man, and he did an awesome job. That's that's, right. that's a oh, that's, that's a, right, a great role. I was, I was amazed that he never did more serious roles because he was so good in that. I mean, maybe he didn't enjoy it. You know, I mean, he he was in one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, why not just like cut your losses? But he went and did like a lot of comedies, but. He was awesome. Well, he just in that made aliens. so much money on Mad About You. I think. Yeah. You, know, you make fifty million dollars. You know? <laughs> we had some cameramen that said that Helen Hunt was mean. And they, I've heard that. Yeah. That she people get sick. They get. She probably wanted to be in theater or yeah. perhaps film. She won an Oscar. I actually, <laughs> I've actually had a couple conversations with her. She's very cool. You know, yeah. You never know. I mean, she didn't want to be on that shitty sitcom. <laughs> yeah, that I understand. After <laughs> that a while, shit is torture. For sixth year, you're like, oh, and fuck. I would, I do not. I mean, I, I am absolutely not saying, oh, poor them. To you folks out there, go, hey, I'll take that fucking job in a heartbeat. Sure. And I know you would, and you're right in saying that, and yes, it is a good job. But there's something about doing a really bad show that is soul-stealing. Oh, my it's God. It's weird. Yeah. I've only been involved in one bad sitcom ever. I've done some pilots that were so bad that I was hiding in my dressing room because see I need good funny people around. Yeah. Me. If I'm doing a TV show, it could be shitty. If I like the people around me, I'll, I'll bear with it for a long time because the acting gets in the way and I'm just fucking around all day. I didn't, but if you're I didn't a boy, do many pilots. I only did I did like one one big pilot. Mm. It was an interesting one for this thing called Overseas. Oh yeah, I remember. The Paul I, Sims. I, I, I tested for that. I remember you got that. Yeah, well, they. Uh, well, I was on news radio, yeah. and he was trying to find one guy to play this. It's one like a Peace dude. Corps a group of Peace Corps guys. Yeah, and, it was yeah. like something along those. It's lines. funny, actually. I thought it was, it was really fun. funny. Yeah. You know, who knows why people do and and don't do certain projects, or why some 
pilots go and then other shows that are just terrible just stay on the air for a long period of time it doesn't make any sense but the process is fucking hard it's not easy to do it's like creating a new show and figuring out the right way to do it and the right character and you know and then how much wacky neighbor do we need and this is not that's like a super complicated thing it's chemistry right it's like all these moving parts have to work in you know, uh, Alec Baldwin said one time, when a movie's successful, it's a fucking accident. And and the reason it's an accident is there are so many moving parts that any little thing can go wrong, including the weather, including some crazy who shoots up a movie theater, including whatever it might be. And if noth- if everything isn't working perfectly uh, and he uses the Jim, the Jim Carrey, the Ace Ventura thing, he was doing The Getaway. It was this huge movie, Kim Bassinger, him. They were the, the, you know, the remake of the Steve McQueen thing. It's the biggest movie. Uh, and along comes – and they were, they were going to be number one, no, always tracking that way. And along comes this little movie called Ace Ventura Pet Detective. And fucking just steals the whole show, you know. And he was saying, if a movie does really well, it's a fucking accident, man. Everything's got to be. It's a happy well, Ace accident. Ventura, Pet Detective, probably did great because they let Jim Carrey do whatever the fuck he Hilar- wanted to do because nobody saw that coming. Nobody, nobody saw that coming. They're like, look, we got Jim Carrey. Yeah, what are you going to do, Jim? Good. That's I got it. this character. Oh, so does this fucking wacky, over the top shit, Incredible. and everybody loves it. I died. Yeah, I met so many people I saw like critically at the time. They were just de- destroying that movie and talking about what Fuck a piece of them. shit it is. I was dying. I was, I was like, howling. But that that idea that everybody needs to do the same kind of comedy is so stupid. Oh, so like dumb. you can't appreciate a wacky. You, I know that you like Lewis Black, but can't you like a wacky guy too? Like, yeah. it's like what do you? Why are you like holding? Don't be back? a comedy snob, man. Yeah. What about? Did you see Burt Wonderstone? How did that movie do? I don't know what that is. I heard it, I heard it was awful. Oh yeah. Oh, what well. is it? It's a magic Jim Carrey movie. and then Steve Carell and all. It's a new movie. Uh, well, isn't he? Didn't he get in trouble because he was making fun of Charlton Heston? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, he did. I didn't see the video. You want to watch it? Let's pull it up. Apparently, he did some controversial video where he was uh, he was mocking Charlton Heston, who's dead, and you know one of his famous expressions. Keep your dirty hands yeah. off me! No, 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 no. From you, you know, you take my rifle when you uh, pry my cold, my dead, cold, dead hands. Man, yeah. Yeah, well, apparently uh, Jim Carrey. Michael like, Moore took that out of context too. Apparently, Michael Moore. There's no out of context. There's no out of context when you say you'll take my rifle out of my cold dead hands. It's impossible to take that out of context. Yeah, you only say like that it. when either a you're joking around or yeah. b you're fucking psycho. <laughs> There's one or two things, and I think that Charlton Heston was a fucking psycho. There's a third thing. He was just being dramatic. Yeah, he's a psycho. That guy liked guns, and yeah, you were going to have to kill him for it. <laughs> Do we have that video? Is it the Funny or Die video? I think it is, yeah, yeah. Let's see this, because this, this is the first time seeing it. It's hee-haw. Why did the ventriloquist quit drinking? Because <laughs> he was acting like a real dumb. Sure it is. Well, hi, Owen. Howdy, fine folks, and welcome back to hee-haw. We this is a really long video, so... Hold on, hold on. Walter, it's an absolute pleasure to be here in the sight of God on hee But who would be laughing if it weren't for the patriots who answer the call of freedom? Well, I'm... The aliens. They would exploit our every weakness and suck the brains out of every living soul. They'd be laughing. But not like you and me. They go beep 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 beep
This is making me dumber just watching it. Yeah. It's on Funny or Die. It's a five-minute video, though. Six-minute video. Are people really upset about this? I don't know. It's not that good. It was on CNN. He's fake masturbating with a gun in his hand. This is, we're watching mental illness. <laughs> this is madness. Did anybody uh, put that together, watched it and went, I think it's good. Let's let this out. Man, is your allergies really fucking you up right now? Like, no. No? No. Why? Because uh, it's like super extreme outside right now, like for indoor. Allergies? For dust and dander. I don't levels. have, um, I don't have allergies. Me neither. I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah I'm lucky. Yeah, except uh, a gluten. People get so stupid about. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a thing like watched a cartoon or something like that and been offended. Like, what, what are you talking about? Well, how can anybody be offended? The only I'm offended that they stole three minutes of my time. Right. Watching I mean, Jim Carrey do a guy that died 80 years my, ago. My belief system isn't that shoddy that I that I'm you know you're going to say something that's going to throw me into a loop, a tizzy. Well, not only that, but because there's a reaction to that where you. You, uh, I mean, he's obviously knowing that what he's doing is sort of controversial. So right. in, 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 in that, in like sort of accepting that, what he's doing and what he's making fun of is like so mild. Because it's like the fact that he's doing it at all is what's supposed to be uh, controversial about it. Right. You know, he's, oh, he's going to mock Charlton Heston. So you've got like this artificial like energy that mm. you think is attached to a bit. But that's not attached to a bit for me. Right. Okay, because it's not controversial to me. It's not at all. So yeah. It's just kind of dumb. Like, right. why are you even thinking about Charlton Heston? You're talking about a dead guy that said something weird a right. long time ago. Right. Like, if you were really, if you really had something to say, it should be a lot funnier than that. I agree. Like, that's silly. Yeah, it's silly. It's the, it's the, it's folly. Yeah, but you always wonder, like a guy like Jim Carrey, who starts off his career with that sort of Ace Ventura thing where he's just or File Marshal Bill remember that yeah completely over the top hilarious shit hilarious yeah you can't do that when you're 60 no okay nobody wants to see Jerry Lewis with his fucking fake Japanese teeth when he's 60 no you didn't want to see that you know you, you, you don't mind it when he's 25 or 30 it's kind of silly and wacky but you, there's a transitionary period for those types of comedians where it gets weird yeah. shit gets weird when they're hitting 40 you know, like Emo Phillips, like sort of, sort of, sort of drop that thing. Yeah. You know, he would do a thing like this where he would move all around the stage and talk kind of crazy. I can't even, I can't, yeah. I've never got that. It hurts my brain. Jesus. But he doesn't do it anymore. He can't do it anymore. Right. Now, I mean, now he does stand up. Right. So it's like you're, you're in, you're, you're in a trap. Like the, you, you're in a, you're a, you're, you're looking at a beautiful flower and it ain't gonna last. That's right. It ain't gonna <laughs> That's last. You better learn how to reinvent yourself right quick. It's fucking know? hard. Well, Bobcat Goldthwait eventually sort of reinvented himself. Yeah. I think he was held by that sort yeah, of was. screaming, which yeah. is hilarious. I mean, when you nail something as good as his character, mm -hmm. it must be so hard to let go. Yeah. I mean, that character, that Bobcat Goldthwait character, I mean, he did so many of those fucking police academy movies. He did comedy specials. You ever seen? You ever listen to Meet Bob? His uh, mm -hmm. CD. Mm -hmm. It's fucking great. Yeah, and no, really Bob's, funny. Guy, Bob's guy. I know him. I mean, I've worked with him. I've, I've worked with him twice, and he's a great guy. He's a really smart yeah. dude who's really kind of understated and quiet. Actually, he's it's a great the exact guy. opposite of that. But yeah. he had to. He to, he had to abandon the Bobcat character. Do you know who he fucking makes to. me laugh? Do you know one of the funniest human beings on the fucking planet is? 
um, um, uh, oh God, uh, who, who talks to um, Gilbert Gottfried? Yeah, oh, he's very funny. Oh, yeah. my God. He's very Just funny. hanging out with that guy? Oh, my God. Well, he's a real old-school, legit comic. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's been around forever. Gilbert's been legit forever, and he's still... He'll still tweet ridiculous shit and get fired from oh, campaigns yeah. and shit. And it's just because that's who he is, you oh, know? Oh, man. And he's awesome. Yeah. You know, I celebrate that shit. I, I think that the kind of guys who say, like, really ridiculous, preposterous shit and offensive shit, like, like a Gilbert Gottfried and yeah. do it on a regular basis, like, that's – why is it okay for you to have a movie where you're pretending that you're a bad guy shooting cops? Why is that okay? And it's not okay for Gilbert Gottfried to pretend <laughs> to be some calloused, crazy man who's making fun of aids i call them up i call them up to do an aids for children with aids benefit that i do every year and i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't even get a sentence he, the minute here he goes fuck the kids with aids <laughs> tell them to stop using drugs fuck them and he just kept saying <laughs> over and over again uh, i was fucking dying i'm telling them to use a condom i'm not doing that like it anyway. <sighs> he just wouldn't let me get a point and then he hung up on me i was like all right well. he's legit <laughs> he's the real deal you know Hilarious. he's a real comic He's so funny. Do you know that feeling like that? Like, well, yeah, it's a real comic. You know, we all have that thing, you know, where there's, there's, there's. Yeah, but what is it? it it's, it's, a, it's being, when you say that and you go, he's a real comic and we, I know exactly what you mean. Not being as some phony you're fucking You're not being weirdo. phony. You're being, your, you're being, you know, you, yeah. you believe the person. Yeah. You go, that, that's who that guy is, man. For better or for worse, that's who he is on stage. That's like if been... you run into a comic at the airport and mm -hmm. it's like. Chucky McFuckle sticks right. and like some some dude that's hacking it up around uh, all over the country and yeah. you know one of those guys he's just like oh Jesus like oh you'll hide your head and look down and right. but if you you see Bill Burr you know you're yeah. gonna go like Bill what's up like it's you like, feel good about the world you see a guy like yeah. Bill Burr you go oh that guy's legit that's a yeah. real guy a yeah. real human being I can actually have a conversation with well not only that I mean it's like when you run into them you know if you run into a, a fellow comedian it's like it's a it's a sort of a, a rare fraternity yes you know, there's not a lot of us yes. out there no you get lucky and, and run into one when you're you, on the you road you speak a language you know there's an intimacy there that like sort of that you know that you can't they have an experience that most people haven't had you know that you have and you can't really share with other people as much, you know, like just the road. It must be like that with everything. I mean, it must be like that for brain surgeons. You know, soldiers, imagine if you're like some famous neurosurgeon and all of a sudden you're on a flight with another famous neurosurgeon. Yeah. Like, oh, well, what have you been using for techniques? Yeah. And you find that stops blood clots. Yeah. You know, like that. It's, it seems like that would be the, the case with everything. You know, just like sort of Masashi was talking about, that you, you find, you know, whatever it is, you find what it well, is. Well, because it's a language. I mean, you know. It's a language. Everything is a language. You know, you, you get more and more fluent with things. I mean, think about what jujitsu is. Jujitsu yeah. is a language, man. It's a physical language, you know. Um, and there are answers to what, what somebody gives to you and, 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 and somebody doesn't speak that language is fucked. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything is that way. And by the way, it's also it, – part of that language is rhythm. There's a rhythm. There's a, there's a speed. There's a tempo to everything that you do. And it varies on what you're doing. You know, there, there's uh, – and, and and your personality informs what that rhythm is. You know, some guys when mm. they do jujitsu are fucking explosive and crazy, and then other guys are really passive and just they lock you up when they need to. Right. It just all depends on what your expression of the thing it is you're doing. You know, and you can always feel and you can always tell when someone is authentic, not only because they last for a long time, but I really think human beings, if you're keyed in, we all have antenna for what's legit. We all have like, like sensitive antenna for what's, you can get fooled for a little while when you're young, 
But at the end of the day, you know, I think we all have a sort of a. I think if you're lying to yourself, you can get fooled fairly easily. And yeah. I think that's the thing with these scams. That's and yeah. Most people are lying to themselves. Huh. Most people have to lie to themselves in order to keep a job or a wife or, or a husband or, you know, yeah. there's a Yeah, there's a lot of people that have to kind of bullshit themselves, yeah. you know. And, uh,. It not, it's not even that they have to bullshit themselves. It also could be that they got on a path of bullshitting themselves mm -hmm. at one point in time to sort of accept. Now it's too thick and too many yeah. responsibilities and even to get out. Though they've moved on in their career, they're moving forward in life. Like I knew a dude who was uh, he had done movies, okay, but he was still full of shit. Mm. He was like a movie star, but he would lie to you. He would lie to you about like fake kickboxing matches that he had talked to you about all these different things that he was doing that he definitely wasn't doing he would just make shit up wow so he he had still been connected to the, all this whatever whatever negative thing that he had held on to he still never realized how to let it go while he was advancing in all these other areas in his life so while he's becoming a successful millionaire movie star yeah he was also still a liar you see that a lot, man. Strange. I know. I know somebody who's got just this. Like on paper, their life is so fucking amazing. They're really good looking, <laughs> lots of money, crazy nice house, healthy, great kids, successful, and they are taking lots of antidepressants just to get out of bed because there's something fucking. And it's not a chemical thing so much for them. It's just this malaise, dissatisfaction, anxiety they're always suffering from. Well, I think like, it's also an example, an excellent example of that super complicated machine being run by an incompetent driver. If it's not an emotional or it's not a, a chemical problem right. in your brain, if it's not a disease or a mm. disorder that's giving you the wrong amount of hormones and it's some sort of a, a behavioral issue that you've picked up over the years and a, a pattern that you keep repeating over and over again, that's a sign of someone who was given a very complicated thing, human life, mm. and didn't know how to fuck to drive it. Right. Just slammed it into trees and fucked it up and got it hooked on meth and just went crazy with it, didn't know what it was doing. Right. Instead of someone who, like, who had never lived in a, a physical form, ethereal in nature, and the, the universe gives you an opportunity, hey, listen, we've got an opening down on Earth. If you you want uh we have uh, a baby human available loving household everyone is dedicated to the idea of taking this baby human and developing it into a full form functional human being so you've got an excellent support system behind you but you're gonna have to start from scratch okay you're gonna know no knowledge whatsoever right out of the gate you're gonna have to uh, people will teach you first and then you're gonna have to develop a voracious appetite for knowledge all in all it's gonna take about shit 30 years before you even know how to fucking do anything correctly right. or fit in with the other people in your realm but hey it's better than being gas so what do you want to do do you want to be a spirit in the next stage of afterlife it's better or do you want to take a fucking chance and ride a human flesh machine to the brink of the end of civilization come on bitch that's what are you gonna really live cool, forever i like that uh, you should like that's a really cool um theme to, to write a story about. You want to be gas or you want to ride this human flesh machine? It's very possible that that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. I mean, this idea of, like, the the world being a simulation, maybe it's not a simulation in, in a sense. That maybe it's, Maybe or... the whole thing's f fucking 
crazy and, mm -hmm. and blips in and out of realities. Yeah. And maybe you are some sort of gaseous soul form in another dimension, and then you live this life as a person, and then you pop out on the other side, and you're some other thing that's so crazy you can't even imagine it right, right. now. Because it's not in the realm of experiences that a human can possibly experience on this earth. So much like having a crazy six-gram mushroom trip, until you've done it, you, don't, you can't even imagine what you're talking about right. here. You can't imagine it. Right. And so when you're talking about it, you're just talking nonsense. You're just making noises with your mouth. So when we leave this and move to the next thing, if it is, if there is such a reality, it's possible that the next thing will be so fucking strange you can't even imagine. Like instead of thinking about ourselves as this disconnected uh, human being driving around in cars and using the internet, the next thing could be no physical body at all, but but just constantly connected with a tangible feeling of contact of other entities and life forms and souls and well, patterns. that's almost like being part of the matrix, part of the internet, right? I mean, yeah. if you think about, you know, the, the, that's certainly what, I'm just listening, I'm re-listening to fucking all the Socrates and he says, you know, you're, you're kind of imprisoned by this body, this body that kind of breaks down, this body that distracts you constantly with your appetites, with, with food, sex, and, and just pain, sleep, and all the things, and it distracts you from um, the work at hand, the real work, the, the, this contemplation on, on you know, the truth, getting to the truth of, of the essence of things. And, and, like, and it's true. It's like if you think about it, the idea is he says he, as he was dying, he goes, look, man, I've spent my whole life trying to separate myself from this physical body. Like I treat all my appetites with quiet contempt. And he says, finally, I get to be rid of this shit and, and just be a mind. And he was like really looking forward to it. It's kind of profound. That's thing. a great statement. That he treats all of his appetites with quiet, quiet contempt. contempt. That's a great statement. That's right. And so many intellectuals sort of share that yes, feeling. Yes, they call it the philosopher's your, journey. You, your you, hunger or your sexuality or yes, any of that. Yes, it is a distraction. It is. It should be treated with quiet contempt as you get no, older. No, it should. It should be treated as the last fucking gasps of a fun life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, we don't want to just sit around with no boners on your couch reading a dumb book. Well, the idea, no! the idea is, is actually <laughs> getting to the essence of the truth is more fun. You know, but uh, and it's you know it's it's uh, it's it, that's getting to the essence time. of the truth is more fun. But ultimately, if you are to believe that this is a temporary existence, it's fruitless. It doesn't matter. Well, that's you why should be enjoying this ride. That was Aristotle's rebuttal to Socrates. Aristotle said, "Yes, yes, we should try to strive to be just a mind. But by the way, watch a woman give childbirth, and you tell me we're not physical fucking beings. We're physical beings with appetites, and you can get yourself to a point where you feel really good physically and mentally. So why not do that?" You, you know? know what I always say when it comes to Socrates? This is an important one to repeat. Whenever anybody says anything about Socrates, you should always include, yeah, and you know, he fucked a lot of dudes. <laughs> he, he actually didn't, but yes, I love it. All his friends did. That's he fucked some true. boys. Socrates yeah. fucked some boys. Well, well, one of the things that um, Credo always complains about is he tried to seduce him and seduce him because he was married with two kids and he could never do it. That Socrates slept. tried yeah. to seduce no, him? No, no, Credo tried to seduce him. Socrates tried to great, seduce Socrates. Yeah. They talk about that motherfucker standing there during the war and he used to, he could, nobody, nobody, they said, could withstand lack of sleep, cold and f lack of food better than Socrates. Nobody can drink more wine and stay sober. And one day he stopped and he started thinking and the soldiers go, oh shit, he's on a jag, he's thinking. And they all sat there and watched him think and they took bets on how long he'd stand in one place and pretty soon the sun started to come down and they pulled their fucking cots out to watch him sleep and he stood there all fucking night figuring out this problem, the answer to an issue, to a problem. Meanwhile, I bet 
That's a lie. I bet yeah. that never happened. Right. I bet All people myth, exaggerate right? the of shit out of everything. Remember, you're talking about we a guy. We did that about your te- Taekwondo teacher. I bet teacher. that guy didn't even know them. We did that about my Taekwondo no, teacher? No, I'm saying oh, he, we all do that about our teachers. Like your, oh, your, yeah, yeah, your yeah, fight you teacher. The greatest you know ever. he can jump over trains, right? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, he studies this kung fu that <clears throat> allows him to kill moose with his fucking bare hands. Yeah, who knows, man? When you get to those kind of stories, it's like, God, what really did happen? Who is who is responsible for writing down the actual events of the time? And th- it's funny because if you just go with human nature, we would always think, yeah, what's wrong with a little elaboration? I'm going to spice it up. Good for the Romans. Look, we did a great job. We brought them civilization. And we didn't kill that many babies. You know, like yeah. they say we killed babies. Like, whatever, man. They're- there are people with insane powers of concentration that can sit and not move for um, 24 hours. Yeah, they're 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 autistic. Yeah, well, no, there 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 are people who like they said, Somerset Maugham wrote a book called Listen, The Don't Argue Sixpence. With me, bro. I won't, bro. I got this one. <laughs> you're actually you're actually you're actually if you're intense, you'll play Quake for 15 fucking hours. Well, that's why I won't play it. That's, that's why I'm that's, not playing that's the how, match that's with pretty Kevin amazing. Pereira. No. You, you've always been insanely intense about shit. I remember I said, hey, you should try golf. You go, I'm not fucking playing golf. No. If you get into it, it'll be over. No, I can no, just no. Because no. you'll go crazy. Yeah, if I, if I got into golf and started taking you'll golf go lessons, nuts. I would play golf all day. That shit takes a long time. Like if I could play pool, you know, you can play pool for a half hour. Right. You can go and you go, hey, I got a half hour. You want to hit some balls around? And you can enjoy yourself yeah. for a half an hour. Golf is five hours. Yeah, every time you do it, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got to walk. You've got to yeah. follow well, that. I take a cart. Whatever you got to do, you got to drive. Then you got to follow. You're hitting this thing, yeah, and it's yeah. fucking. Why do you take a car? That's kind of a bitch move. Because I get exhausted playing golf. Because some on, things son, make me that's feel weak like shit. Some things make me feel like I have diabetes. Tag with my five year old and fucking and fucking golf. Some that's, shit is just too. I don't know. That's I can't ridiculous. Do it. You're talking about jujitsu and kettlebells. Yeah. I want one of those chimp yeah. kettlebells. I'll do that like, shit right now. I can't now. walk though and nope. play golf. Nope. It's too much. It's exhausting. I get exhausted. It's too much. It's. I walked a mile. <laughs> my legs. I my walked legs a die. whole mile. It's crazy. I can't. If I'm bored, I, I fucking I fall asleep. Well, you remember the uh, the Steve Rinella hunting thing, which comes out uh, April twenty eighth on uh, Sportsman's Damn. Network, where Brian and I went out to. Is that what it is? A Sportsman's Network? Uh, it's an outdoors channel. I think. Outdoor channel. I, I loved watching it. Joe and I just watched it, and I was so I was so all these great memories were brought back. But I was really impressed. I thought it was they did a, they did a really good job, man. They Fuck shot it well. They edited it well. It was funny. Great music, by the way. This is bullshit, man. Sportsman's, Sportsman's Channel. It, oh. it has a 2.1 rating on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> what fucking silly liberals. We're going to be famous. Here's the thing. First of all, that is so wrong because it is a great show. It is. That is a – this is the only show. Okay, if you, if you are like me and you have any uh, – if you eat meat, okay, and you have any desire for some sort of an intellectual connection to the animal that you eat, there's not a lot of people that represent you if you're like a thinking person. There's not a lot of people that represent you in the sportsman's world. We have this idea that sportsmen and hunters are this like these idiots, these these uh, fucking numb-minded Republican – Republican robots and they're out there just fucking shooting animals because they're evil. Watch this show because this is not that at all. This is Steve Rinella, who's a good friend now to Brian and myself. He's uh, an awesome guy and a really well-read individual with a deep knowledge of especially um, the history of the um, colonization of the West and 
And a deep love for yeah, animals, by the way. A deep love for animals. And an understanding of the whole process of acquiring your own meat. Mm. And the way he does it is he does it through this idea. It's called fair chase hunting where, you know, he's not – they, like sometimes they'll like set out, and I don't have a problem with this. I'm just saying this is one of the ways that people go hunting. It makes it more effective. Like you'll set out bait, and the animal will come to the food, and then when it's at the food, you're hiding in a blind and you shoot it. That's like super common. Half drunk. That's that's Ted. That's Ted Nugent's fucking, entire show. And by the way, I like Ted Nugent, and I like Ted Nugent's show. I don't agree with him on a lot of his things that he says, especially when it comes to politics, right. and 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 there's a lot of nonsense in a lot of his words. But I think uh, he's a fascinating character, and he's out there shooting animals and telling everybody to go fuck themselves. He shot a coyote in the head with a with an air rifle on the show, and then was like, "Oh, look a great coyote!" Threw it in the back of his. This is Ted fucking Nugent. Killed a coyote okay? with an air rifle. Yeah, think wow. about this. He, this is not. I mean, this is like he's a big rock star. Yeah. And at one point in time, when I was a kid, Ted Nugent was fucking huge. Double live Gonzo. Was, yeah, oh. dude. To this. Day Stranglehold is one of my all-time Greatest. favorite cl- classic rock hits. Fuck yeah, that fucking the live version. Oh, you got me in that yeah. goddamn stranglehold. Amazing. He's he's crazy though, but I like him. You know, I know, not I don't like. I mean, I don't like everything about him. I don't yeah. like him all across the board. But Steve Rinella represents a completely different take. Kind he's of, not yeah. Ted Nugent's leaving bait out. And he shoot. He shot three deer with a bow and arrow in the first fifteen minutes of the show the other day. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I mean, how many how they eat, let you shoot? How do you eat that much? He's got. A, he's no, got. He gives land. away a lot. He oh, gives God. away. Yeah, yeah. Hunters for the homeless uh, or hunters for the hungry, rather. Oh, that's cool. They, yeah, they did. They, they no. They no animal goes to waste. They, they mean he has a guy that butchers his that's shit. Cool. He's shown it on the show before. That's not. I mean, Ted Nugent's is not doing that. He's definitely given a lot of uh, food away. He just likes doing it. You know, and whatever, man. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, wh- why is that bad? But the guy who runs this dairy farm or, you know, is slaughtering steers to make your cheeseburger, that guy's acceptable. Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The way he's doing it, even the way Ted Nugent's doing it by leaving out bait and shooting it with an arrow mm. when it comes to eat, so fucking what? That's yeah. still way more ethical, way smarter. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Don't you have some extra corn? Yeah. Like, what do you want to traipse around the fucking forest looking for some animal? Just leave the corn out, shoot it. Well, what's the <laughs> The goal. The goal yeah. is here to shoot it. Until you've been out there at five in the morning, yeah. freezing your dick off after <laughs> sleeping in a tent, you you fucking you you use bait right quick, especially if you were hungry. Man. Yeah, this guy Steve Rinella though he doesn't do any of that. His is all fair chase hunting, and he's a really bright guy. And we have this really ignorant stereotype that people that grew up in sort of hunting fishing backgrounds are dummies. You know, a lot of people do. A lot of uh, people who don't have any experience in hunting. And I think the the beautiful thing about this show is the guy's a fucking great writer. I mean, he's yeah. a great writer. His book, yeah, Meat great. Eater, is yeah, a it's... very good book. Fuck yeah. It's very – his descriptions or mm-hmm. you know, they captivate you. Like he's he's got a, a really intelligent way. I learned a lot from Yeah, him. yeah. So uh, – well, I don't even know what my point was. My no, point you're was, talking about the difference between blind, hunting in a blind or, or fair chase hunting. Yeah, but I was and talking about something good. before that. I don't, I don't remember what the hell it was. That's called going on a tangent, son. Oh, shit. But um, the, um, there's people that have a problem with basically anything that people do. Yeah. There's people that have a – what about all the restaurants everywhere you go that are serving meat? Like why are you freaking out about certain specific situations where you find meat? Mm. You know, And why – is it really meat? Because what are these animals going to do if you don't eat them? Are they just going to live forever? Or if they're not going to live forever, they're going to live a certain amount of time. And then what happens to the meat? Is it okay to feed it to dogs once they die of old age? Is, mm-hmm. that, a, is that allowed? Mm-hmm. You know, but what, what do we do as humans to control the population? Do we – 
I've spent a lot of money on sterilization programs. Right. What if our health deteriorates because we're not eating as much animal protein and other countries take over and start dominating us? Wait you know, minute. what if Morrissey ran the army? Do you know how quickly we'd be overrun <laughs> with Morrissey Soviets? Ran the army. You know how quickly the Soviets would fucking take over? Do you think Putin would stand it if Morrissey won? If Morrissey became the president of, of the United States. be a bunch of bendy shadows with a gun. They, these fucking meat-headed, thick, tree-trunk-necked Russian oh, cosmonauts God. would come running over and just dominate this country Jesus Christ. if we all Russians. turned into a bunch of vegetarians that's a true we live in a hard world ladies and gentlemen okay and you can't run it on lentils you just can't <laughs> oh politics by joe rogan you, you have, can't run it on lentils you, you silly fucks. silly fucks that's why india <clears throat> hasn't won i don't think they won a medal last olympics i'm like come on guys you got a billion people i love indians i'm not making fun of anybody from india i love india i love india. but but like you're not athletic they're not as athletic as some countries sweden like it's got seven million people they win like a like fucking 50 gold like 50 medals in olympics because all india, the girls are hot right you know india is? not one trying really hard to get laid and the only way to do that is be awesome at a sport Fuck yeah <laughs> That's the quickest way. Or be funny. Yeah, well, even in, that's not provable enough. As a young man, you can't fuck with the quarterback. That's true, man. You know, a guy that's who's true. a basketball star, that guy, that guy, the guy who hits the home runs, that guy wins. That guy wins. Yeah, I was a wrestler. They didn't come out to see me in my fucking single at 125 they pounds. They did not give a fuck give about a shit us. shit about that. Yeah, they didn't give a fuck about wrestlers, and they certainly weren't into fucking karate guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, you're a karate know, guy? What you're doing. Yeah. Great. What do you wear? Pajamas and fucking stick your feet in people's face? Oh, you know how man. stupid that is? My, my no, we can't have sex. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but the fucking quarterbacks, they just have to beat them off with sticks. Gosh. Get out of here, you fucking opportunistic hooker. I'm going to go practice my sidekick. I'll be right back. Yeah. They, they, they're like, what are you doing? Why do you do that? Where do you do it? Yeah. Where do you do that? That's you. It's that's all flashy. you do. It's not very yeah. flashy. Don't you play a, a, another sport? Even the UFC now, you see these guys with like badasses, and a lot of girls are like, no, 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 those guys hit each other, and their ears are all weird. What? What are you talking about? Those right. those guys have to beat it off with yeah, sticks. Yeah. In, that, in their circle, they sure. As are fuck you crazy? Yeah. What? What girls? Any just, girl that's like, ew, they no, hit no, each other. That's you don't, a, but you don't that get, is a no, broken no, bitch that doesn't want to go on a wild ride. But UFC guys don't get the same kind of attention that basketball football players do, man. I mean, what? Are you crazy? You think you like a guy like Chuck Liddell in his prime? You oh, have never wow. seen anything like that in the right. face guess, of yeah, the earth. Yeah. You've never seen fuck Genghis Khan. Really? That guy would really? show up when Chuck Liddell was the fucking champion in the UFC, when he's the UFC light heavyweight champion. He right. would walk into a, a club. He would, it would, you've never seen gravity like this. Really? He would suck in hot-titted asteroids. Jesus. Boom, boom. He was like Jupiter absorbing gravity. They were just hugging him, wanting to take pictures with him, wow. and hugging him, wanting to take pictures with him. Dude, it was a swarm. It was like, have you seen that commercial for uh, World War Z, where all the yeah. zombies swarm? No. That's what it was when God. Chuck Liddell would show up. Girls would just flock to him. He's the gladiator. Yeah, they couldn't help He's the alpha male. They wanted to he's meet the him. They wanted to talk yeah. to him. And the guy like literally couldn't move through the room. My buddy said you that never about seen anything like it. My buddy hung with Mike Tyson in Vegas. He said the same thing. Oh, said, for sure. No idea. Especially because in Vegas, a lot of those girls are drunk. And when you're drunk, that's when the real thoughts come out and you're like, I'm going to take a picture with Mike. Where the fuck? I don't give your a DNA, fuck. Your DNA takes over. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to tell him right now. I'll suck his cock. I don't give a fuck. That's Mike Tyson. I'm going to do it. Bitch, you go. Meanwhile, no girl would support that. She'd be like, you fucking whore. They, oh, my they, God. They I want to meet him, too, but I want you to suck his dick first. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God! He lost. I guess in his in his in his, uh, his one man show, he starts he by saying, "Yeah, like, does he mean one of those cocoa cafe things?" In, in his, let me get one of those too, buddy. 
in in his one man show, he basically says he puts up the the number. F- I didn't see it, but he said puts up the number four hundred million. And he goes, I lost all that money. I oh lost my four hundred fucking God million Damn, I made four hundred million and I lost four hundred million dollars. Holy oh, shit! You know, but that's what happens when you just buy a bunch of tigers and just like fucking everything. You know. Well, it's also the the kind of mentality that allows you to become a prize fighter. The the kind of mentality that allows you to be a person who risks his health. And you know, hmm. runs at men in a in a, in a boxing ring and yeah. smashes their brains. You you know, you're thinking about the moment, man. Yeah. You're thinking about training for your next fight. You're thinking about months of preparation. You're thinking about the fight itself. You probably also have to be a little like uh, you have to be pretty aggro, right? I mean, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Right. But it's also like someone telling you what you can and can't do with your money. Be like, bitch, I'm Hector Camacho. I'll do whatever the fuck I right. want. I'm gonna get Macho Man in diamonds. Suck my dick, okay? Right. right. That's what it's gonna say. Macho Man, suck, suck my dick. My dick. <laughs> You can do whatever you want. I mean, if you're a champion, it's almost like you have to have that mentality right. to be that Mike Tyson type of a character. You know, Bernard Hopkins is like famously frugal. You know, he uh, he's just a smart, disciplined guy that's still at 48 years old. He's a, a world, world boxing champion. Yeah. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. No one's ever that. done that before. No one's ever done at 48 years old and looked fucking good. He looked great. He boxed the shit out of that dude. It wasn't it wasn't a close loss. It's a crazy loss. thing. The, I, I, he's a master. He's, he's a master. He's a fucking yeah. master. He's a master boxer. But he's like super frugal. You know, but his style is like super frugal. That's why at 48 years old, he's still in the mix. Whereas a guy like Mike Tyson, which just says, Wah! he fucking, he raged for a few years and then done. Mike Tyson and Bernard Hopkins, they were boxing at the same time. You know, Bernard Hopkins is older. Yeah. Bernard Hopkins is the older man, That's and they true. were boxing. And Bernard Hopkins is still a world champion. Still speaks fluent. It's like incredible. has has no voice oh, he's problems. So articulate. Yeah. So articulate. He does not get hit very often. Uh-huh. He, and he knows hurt. how to roll with things. He's never been hurt. Never been hurt. Even when he's been tagged, like he's been tagged by guys and dropped by them. You know, he just starts boxing and he's disciplined as fuck and he sticks that fucking boxing game in your face and slowly but surely he starts to overwhelm you. When he beat Kelly Pavlik and he goes, he grabbed him apparently and he said, don't let this ruin you. Yeah. You know, he, uh, he knew he was going to beat him when he walked in the ring. Like to be that good, Kelly Pavlik was a fucking killer. That's a that's a ex- ex- exceptional fight, but the defining fight was Felix Trinidad because Felix Trinidad was thought to be a destroyer. I mean, people were setting up Felix Trinidad to to you know fight all Invisible. these super fights. Wasn't he going to fight Oscar De La Hoya? He's going to fight like a lot of different people. Like Felix Trinidad was a killer. He's a serious, yeah. high level, dangerous threat. And Bernard Hopkins boxed his fucking face off. He just boxed his fucking ears off. Incredible. And and just shut him down. And it was amazing that people thought that Trinidad was the favorite going into that fight because Bernard Hopkins fucking dominated him. I mean, he dominated him. And he stopped him. And it ended Felix Trinidad. Felix Trinidad was never the same after that fight. That was was the fight where he just, like, hit the wall. They say fighters always have one fight. That like even get hit one time by one. It's one punch usually that kind mm. of changes their whole mix. Well, he can. It a lot of people say like GSP was not the same fighter. He became very conservative and careful after he got knocked out by um, uh, Matt Serra. Well, he definitely became more conservative. Yeah. But where he controls you, know, you rather than GSP, you know. which you got to look at when people say, "Oh, you know, does, is GSP slowing down, or is GSP this, or is GSP that?" And you know, is his time over, or there's new guys going to beat him? There's always going to be a bunch of fucking killers out there. There's always going to be a bunch of scary Johnny Hendricks, Jake Ellenberger type dudes looking to smash your fucking face in when you're the champ. There's no getting around that. Mm-hmm. 
what's most impressive is that the guy has been doing this for so fucking long. And when shit starts happening, like he blew out his ACL. Look, getting injured, that is a normal part of being an athlete. It happens. There's no getting around it. You're putting your body through incredible strains, and you're especially doing an improvisational sort of a thing like wrestling or jujitsu or kickboxing, where you you don't know how he's going to move, or you're going to you're sparring, and mm -hmm. shit goes wrong, and you can get hurt. There's no there's no way of avoiding that. But when shit starts breaking, and you start getting injured, and you start thinking about the amount of hours this guy's put in the gym, the amount of hours this guy's put in the cage, the amount of fights, the amount of wear and tear, it's just a matter of how long can you consistently keep up that sort of fighting that style. intensity and all that. Wrestling-based fighting style, too. Right. You know, which is very taxing on your spinal cord, very mm. taxing on your knees. Mm. You know, there's a lot of power in, involved in a wrestling-based style. Even if you're, a, like, a technical guy like a Ben Askren, it's like it becomes a difficult style to, to incorporate. What's kind of remarkable you... about him, though, is GSP is his ability and also – there's a lot of tape on him. You can watch mm -hmm. a lot on him. You can, like, you can try to figure him out. But he yeah. fights a different fight in some ways every time he fights as well. It's well, like... it's I, I think – don't get me wrong. I think like a wrestling-based style is definitely the best way to like uh, approach it as far as longevity. But even that, it's like how much longevity can you – MMA is a brutal goddamn game. Yeah. How much longevity game. can you get? I mean at a certain point in time, someone's going to come along and if Anderson Silva keeps fighting – Someone's probably going to beat him, right. you know, and it might be like sort of a Bernard Hopkins situation where no one ever gets to. I mean, he's so clever and so technical that no one ever gets to the point where they can really humiliate him. But there'll be a guy like a Chad Dawson who come along right. and, and beat Bernard Hopkins just because right. he's younger and quicker. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be these Andre Ward type guys. There's going to be um, the, the, what was that dude that uh, Jermaine, the, the guy that um, uh, Kelly Pavlik beat. I want to say Jermaine Andre, but that's not his name. I don't Is know. that his name? I saw a lot of his fights. Um, he was the champ, and Andre he beat—he beat. Um, I don't know if that's the right boxer. I forget his fucking name. Shit, I hate that. I got too many fucking names in my brain. But this dude—is um, that his name? Jermaine Andre? No, no, he's an MMA fighter. Oh well. Oh, that's right. I remember that dude. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jermaine. Yeah, he's actually a very talented uh, kickboxing champion. Hmm. Um, Jermaine Stewart? Jermaine Taylor? Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, Jermaine Andre yeah. is this uh, badass-looking dude with this crazy uh, ponytail. He's got a shaved head with a crazy ponytail. Right. He fought in the UFC, I think. Pretty sure. Um, but uh, he beat uh, – Kelly Pavlik knocked him out, mm -hmm. but he beat Bernard Hopkins twice. Mm -hmm. And he beat him with speed. I believe he beat him twice. He's also sure. bigger too. He's a, he's a bigger guy. He's big and he's – but Pavlik – meanwhile, Pavlik beat him. Yeah. But he was just able to out-athlete It's so funny. You, look at, you look at a guy like Pavlik like he – like this, if you saw him on the beach in shorts, he couldn't look more normal. There's not a lot of muscle tone. Well, he's covered with some crazy now he is, tattoos he used to not now. be. He kind of – after he had his kind of – I think he had a bit of a breakdown. Then he then he went and got a bunch of tattoos. But a lot of alcohol. That, is that yeah, what it was? Apparently, because before that, when he was younger, he had no tattoos. You know, very few. He was just such a normal. Well, he just retired. Guy. You he know, did. I think. Yeah, I think part of it. I mean, the alcohol thing. It's very possible that the depression, alcohol, that stuff has mm. to do with head trauma. It's yeah. very, very There's possible. There's a lot of evidence to that, right? Yeah, and he thinks it might do, be as well, and so he's retiring. Oh, wow. Even though he's like he's, – he won recently. He looked really good too. He's like, he was uh, in the, the midst of a comeback. He's a talented fucking boxer. 
Yeah, he is. But getting hit in the sure head, he getting hit in the head, walking around with headaches all day, yeah. you can, yeah, yeah. I've uh, done it, man. I've keep, done it. Keep it. It's uh, it's not fun. I mean, I never did it to the extent that he did it, though. What he he did was incredible. I mean, he's a world champion. The, the amount of just the amount of punishment that you have to go through in to the get fucking there, ring, yeah. yeah, just in the ring, dude. I mean, it's just Jesus Christ. Just I mean, I mean the training ring. Yeah. You know, just every day in the gym, these yeah. guys. You know, they they you they get caught all the time. War, man. Yeah. The last time he fought was 2012. He won, and apparently he was. Uh, they were see. setting up a new fight for him. Let me see a picture. No, of you need to get your own fucking computer. No bro. way. You want to see a picture of him? Yeah. What do you want to see? The tattoos. Oh, I'll find them for you. Yeah, he had a bunch of crazy tattoos, man. He uh, he went nutty and just fucking tattooed the shit out of his go, chest. Just go off. He put like haunted houses on him and shit. Rory McDonald. I want to. Yeah, is pull he pull that up. Kelly Pavlik uh, tattoos. You could see like the tattoos that he has on his oh, chest. I wouldn't mind seeing McDonald fight uh, GSP, but I think they're training partners. Um, apparently they are preparing for that possibility. Really? And they're not training together anymore. Yeah, they tr- they prepare on the other opposite sides of the gym. Rory McDonald's no fucking joke. Yeah, Kelly Pavlik has like uh, the Coliseum on his chest. He has like all He's this awesome. n- nutty shit. If you go to the one. Um, there's other ones where you get a, a, a kind of a good Skinny arms. image of what it is. There's another one down there. If you look at it, it's got a, a bit of a better uh, image. There's a couple of them. Yeah, that wow, one where his arms are flexed. You kind of get to see that what it is. The yeah, it's like a Roman Colosseum on the left, and there's some uh, some other shit. Some dudes just get just get real random with their tattoos. Got an angel with a bow and arrow. He's great. Look at him. Yeah. He's awesome looking. I love and that. There's guy. that, is that nothing I think more that's beautiful than a fighter. A bridge. He's a fucking animal, man. Yeah. When he was at his best, he was a really fun guy to watch. Yeah. Nipple walking up. I'm glad um, I'm glad he's uh, retiring before uh, it gets ugly. I mean, guy did a lot. He accomplished a lot. And it gets ugly for everyone. Yeah, he looks haunted a little bit, doesn't he? He looks. Like, a lot of guys are, my brother. Yeah. A lot of guys are. Somebody called being an addict to. Uh, like you always feel like you're being chased by something, by Jesus. a ghost, you know? It's yeah. true. I had a, a oh, addict describe that. He said, you know, I always feel like uh, I'm being chased by by some, by some a demon that's almost catching me every time. Wow. And I'm always running. I'm always running. It's Have fun. you heard about these uh, district attorneys that are getting shot in Texas? Yes. Mm-hmm. Someone's uh, assassinating district well, attorneys? Well, they caught one guy who was a white supremacist. He had a shootout. They killed him. Um, that was the guy who killed the Colorado prison bureau chief, and then the the, the, the oh they caught the, that guy yeah, and we got they killed him, and then the the guy who shot the, the district attorney and his wife they don't know I, I guess they still don't know who did it you know they don't even know if it's connected but I'm sure it is. Well, it might be just a cartel thing. You don't know, man. Fucking, I don't know. It's like, (sighs) but since 1964, I think uh, how many? 13 or 33 prosecutors have been shot. Um, Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Um, there was a story that came out about uh, a cop that may or may not have planted drugs on uh, a, a woman because she was uh, claiming that a judge had uh, moved in on her. Hmm. Oh, let me pull it up. <laughs> Cops allegedly plant more. meth on woman who complained about judge's sexual solicitation. Jesus. Yeah. I would. I don't. I'm not shocked at that. I mean, they found a judge who was profiting off of sending kids to juvenile homes. God, really? Yeah, yeah. They found a, a, a judge that was profiting off of that. He's in jail now. It's in Pennsylvania. 
Pretty sure pencil. Yeah. Sick motherfucker. Sociopath. You know, he thought because these kids had done things in the past, fuck it, I'll just send them down the river. You know, they need it. And and he was getting kickbacks. Wow. He was getting kickbacks. The more people he would convict or send to these juvenile homes, the more money nice. they could spend, the more money they can get from the government, the more profit they could make. Creepy fucks. Creepy. Yeah, this is uh Murray County. I don't know where the fuck that is. Murray County Sheriff's Office. Where the hell's Mary? <laughs> you live in a serious hillbilly place if no one's ever. Oh, oh, heard of you know town. what I was going to talk about? My, what? my, um, Vincent LaBarbera, the guy that I, oh, I yeah, have yeah, on my yeah. podcast right now on the Brian Callen show. And this who is guy, this cat? This guy is a, is a, uh, he, first of all, he wears a patch over his eye because he went snow three times from climbing like fucking huge mountains like in Africa and stuff. And, Whoa. And yeah, and he was, uh, he, he would, he would go and like basically go to war zones just see what it was like. He's a real Murray County's like, in Minnesota, by the way. Oh, um, uh, whatever. So this guy went snow blind. Yeah, yeah, from climbing mountains and shit. He's a real daredevil. Did all kinds of shit. But now he's always he's been a, a high profile uh, uh, trial lawyer for like big time drug cartels. He's a huge Whoa. proponent on the podcast. Talks about why drugs should be legal and stuff. It's amazing. So and he's he's tried to get the cartels out of jail. He does. He just thinks all drugs should be legal, all of them, and he does everything he can to stiff to the government whenever. So he he handles huge. All big cases, like big, big time cases. Uh, he, the Marine in Fallujah, a lot, a lot of different people, you know. And um, he's got a really interesting take on, on you know, justice. Like the, I had this Delta Force guy on, I was talking about killing an American citizen, and he was kind of justifying it. And, he, and Vincent LaBarbera got on, and was like, "Let me tell you something. That's the biggest bunch of, you know, he he couldn't have been more on the other side of it. The that the U.S. and the National Defense Act and stuff we talk a lot about." Mm-hmm. He talks. He just goes to town on the fact that that is killing our country, our the, the due process and everything. He's very articulate about it. I'm not. It's corrupt. It, it's going down the path of corruption, and we all see it. And because now we're all on the internet, we all get to talk about it. We get to express our concerns, and you get yeah. to. Well, be, when the government says "trust me," no. Uh, well, know. it keeps happening. That's a, like this new thing. Is this uh, Monsanto? bill that just passed silently through congress without you know any mainstream exposure where they're you know giving monsanto uh all sorts of uh, subsidies and things yeah, like that it's all sorts of abilities to to uh to hide the fact that genetically modified foods are and things that you buy it's 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 creepy it's creepy mm-hmm. because it's it's one of those things where it's all you would hope that there would one day be What was that? What was the whistle? I think it was my was that your phone? Yeah, it was my team. Dude, fuck? that's the gayest <laughs> shit ever. I actually kind of like it. I think I want to change my ringer. What the hell? A couple of cool um, whistles. What the fuck was I even talking you about? You were talking about Mo- Monsanto. How you can, how you can sleep so we'd hope that things would slowly start to move into a better direction. Right. You know, like we're going to cut back on corruption. We're going to attack it. We're going to, uh, you know, make for a more fair society. We're going to only in, in involve ourselves in but military it, it campaigns has, yeah. that are just and, and, and true. And we're going to try to, you know, you educate change, the rest of the world. You've got to change the incentive structure if you want to do that. Of course. You know? It's just weird, man. It's it, it's, it, it's the biggest the biggest danger is that when you have good people behaving corruptly, when you have a system that allows for no other way to do business, so that so that your system becomes an economy of influence and not meritocracy. So who you know is really how you get business, not what you can do, and that's where you that's that's where we're headed in some aspects, and you have to be very careful of that. Yeah, uh, at least Lawrence Lessig's book says that in Republic Lost, what I ta- which I've talked about many times on this podcast, and the, is that's a very important book to read. 
and 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 what he does, he says, look, let me show you how Washington is corrupt with a lot of good people trying to do the right thing, but they can't do business without being corrupt. Let me, let me explain to people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about what this is, because this is a pretty crazy shit. It's a genetically modified food, uh, and the there's a thing they're calling the Monsanto Protection Act, which was signed by President Obama. They're calling it the Monsanto Protection Act. What it actually was, it's, it was added to an essential spending bill without congressional hearings. So they snuck this rider. Yeah. And the rider strips the power from the federal courts to halt the sales and planting of genetically modified foods, even if health concerns arise. Wow. Wow. This is crazy. The provision was simply an industry ploy to continue to sell genetically engineered seeds, even without a court, even when a court of law has found that they were approved by the USDA illegally. The petition stated, it's necessary to find an unprecedented attack on U.S. judicial review. Congress should not be meddling with the judicial review process based solely on the special interest of a handful of companies. This is from uh, someone's, uh, I guess it was, I, I don't know who, who wrote that. Someone, okay, so what, what essentially they're saying is they snuck this in and, and people are just finding out about it now. And yeah. they're, they're Happens all the time in Washington. They're trying to protect the profits of this company that's a, that's the only way the only reason why you would hide information is you're trying to protect the profits that's right. because if the if the genetically modified foods are safe and they're in there and we find out they're safe then we don't have to worry but if they might not be safe and you want to sue if you want you you you're not going to know you're not going to be able to blame it on the genetically modified foods. You're not even going to know if it's genetically modified. If you have health issues that arise because of the genetically modified foods, you won't even know the correlation. You won't know. What if you, you know, what if you have a known issue that's come up you know, amongst a small percentage of people that do respond poorly to gen- genetically modified foods? Well, you won't even fucking know because it's not going to be in the label because some cunts got paid. And it's, that's crazy because look, the look. people who are selling genetically modified foods should only want to be selling healthy genetically modified foods. It is possible that science can figure out a way to produce more food that's more nutritious. It is possible. But it's also possible that they could fuck it up. And when when this when something like this comes along and there this is all this is, they should call this the Monsanto Information Act. Because all it is is keeping information secret, keeping it from people. That's never good. That's not only that. It's also keep, It's also changing information and lying about what's good for you and what's not good for you. I'm They're setting about, up I'm corruption. Not, They're setting about, up yeah. so corruption can take place. I don't know enough about genetically modified foods, but I'll give you an example. But you don't have to. Well, well no. I'm saying that the, the Food and Nutrition Board, which sets the school standard for 30 million children on what they can eat, because they've been hijacked by companies like Nestle, etc., the big companies that have an interest in selling their products, Coca-Cola and stuff, and and they hire scientists. Read read the China study. It talks about this. Uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but they'll 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 stack the deck with scientists that they basically hire to say that 25 percent of your your diet can be simple sugars, which means I can I can have vending machines in there that sell soda and Twix bars and stuff, and that's part of your lunch. 
that's where when you're ignorant and you don't know how how the system works, how the incentive structure works, you are going to pay a price for it with your health and so are your kids. So that's why I always tell people it's you can't not be politically committed. It's it's not a luxury you can afford, man, because what happens is it becomes a concentration of vested interests. Look at look at Wall Street. Yes, they compete with each other until someone comes in with legislation and they get very good at hiring lobbyists. They get very good at their economy of influence and and figuring out how to buy the right people to keep business as usual. That's why you have banks are too big to to teach kids that entering the system now to stop that pattern. You know, they have to figure out a way to not emphasize profit overall, you know, the whole thing is just it's so I have no problem bizarre. with profit as long as it's earned honestly and you're playing by the rules. The problem is when you have companies that stack the deck, you know. Of course. And so so how does that happen? You've got to figure out how that happens and why it happened, and then that's the way you change it. Figure Absolutely. out first how it happens. It's just so transparent when something like this Monsanto thing comes up because – all they're doing is keeping information. That's all they're exactly. doing. They should never be able to keep information because if you have a good product, like let's say you're selling oranges. Well, you can prove if you look at the data that oranges are very rich in vitamin C. They have he- healthy fiber to them. When you eat an orange with your lunch, it's probably a really healthy choice. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of data to back that up. Mm-hmm. So all the information on oranges is readily available. Correct. You can go look at it up. You know why? Because there's nothing bad there. There's nothing to hide. It's a fucking orange, okay? But when you start monkeying around with oranges, and, well, this is an orange that doesn't react badly to certain pesticides, and this is an orange that, you know, creates its own pesticide and kills off mosquitoes, or this is an orange that does that. And you don't tell me. Okay, now we got a real problem, because that's not really an orange. That's an orange that you fucked with. And I don't know if you really know what's going to happen with that orange. If I eat one of these a day for the next 20 years. Is that going to rot my asshole out? You know, what is, what is going to, is it going to erase my memory? At least give me the information. Yeah. I want to know if yes. it's got the give, gene of a yes. jellyfish cause it, cause so, so it doesn't freeze. I want exactly. to know that. Exactly. Show know me that. everything. Show me everything yeah. you've got. Let me fuck. make my own choices. You can't hide information. And the idea that they would do that with our food, which is something that's, we have a, a health crisis in this country for sure, even though we have access to all of the information on the back of food. All of the nutritional uh, information is readily available on almost anything that we buy in a store, except for like meats and things like that. <clears throat> But when we do that, we, we still don't use it. We still don't use that information. No. And so many people are eating terrible food every day, and so many people are, are unhealthy and sick all the time, and they're, they're essentially poisoning themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's with information. That's right. That's with the fucking information, with readily apparent bad things to eat, and people choose them. You, you, you know, you can't stop information. You, you can't because it, what you're doing is you're, you're setting yourself up so that you can lie and protect people in power. That's the only reason you should That's be it. doing it. We already have a problem. We already have a problem with people having shitty diets. We already have a problem with this weird thing that with humans where stuff that tastes amazing is fucking killing you. Right. Like Krispy right. Kreme donuts are fucking delicious. Yep. But that's like toxin. Yeah. Those are like pure not little like sugar not things. Like if you go to a lot of parts of the country, like like you and I do, travel a lot. Ugh. There's not a lot of access to real good food. No. There's access to 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 different restaurant chains, or there's access to you know just a bunch of fast food in some areas where well, you can't super, even get healthy. Yeah, it's you know. supermarkets. You sure. know, you can you can but, always, but even then, you get a tomato and it's pale. 
It's this white fucking tomato. Right. Like, what's in that? They t- ripened it, it in a gas chamber. That's how. That's why. Yeah, not only that, it's the genetics of the thing have completely been altered, so they can keep them on a truck for yeah. a week. You know, it's a, sort of the same thing that's, that they've done with with raw milk. And I I know, and people that are screaming, you know, we saved all these lives and people from raw milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're gonna die anyway. Look, everyone's going to die. You're going to die too. That's not the point. I get what you're saying. I know it logically. You're correct. Ethically, just, you're just correct. Give, give Every, I understand. You're talking about transparency. You're well, talking no, about- I talk, I'm talking yeah, not just about transparency. I'm talking that I'm saying that too many people are telling too many people what is and isn't okay to do. That's our real That's problem. And I always say that the, the law, the way we should have the law in this country is, could you imagine Clint Eastwood arresting you for it? If he had a gun and he pointed it at you, could you imagine that Clint Eastwood would arrest you for it? That's the Clint Eastwood principle. Here you're growing hemp. If you, if, if you, could you imagine Dirty Harry where he breaks down hemp farms? That's hilarious. And, oh, what no. are you going to do? Are you going to make food and clothes? The fuck you are. Right. Get in the squad car. <laughs> right. You know? Right. If anything other than that is a bullshit law. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could imagine Dirty Harry arresting these cunts that are getting paid off by Monsanto. I can imagine Dirty Harry catching some scotch-drinking asshole, you know, in his uh, Senate room, you know, uh, uh, beating some hooker to death, and he, you know, he walks in, and he, you fuck, I got Monsanto through, and you're a dead man, you're a dead, and he shoots him. You're a dead man, Callahan. <laughs> and you're happy. You're happy that he shot the evil Monsanto guy. Yeah, that's that seems like Clint Eastwood might want to step in on this one. But could you see Clint Eastwood arresting you for having a, a, a roach in your car? You no, know, no, no, of course not. He would no. maybe slap you. Right. Tell you, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, kid. Well, uh, Mike, Get on your way. Michael Pollan says you can vote three times a day by what you put on your plate. Fuck yeah, you can. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, that's why I've been telling people. You know, one day the stoners are going to unite. Because there's a lot of a lot of bullshit uh, I, out there. I you need to respect the, way, the stoner dollar. I think the way of the future, though, is probably genetically modified foods. Ultimately, the I don't way think, of the future is. I don't think we can feed that food. many people without without. Then I don't think we can feed enough people with organic. That's food. I I don't know if that's true. I I don't believe it. And I think as time goes on, the origin of those thoughts is profit. I do not believe that the origin of those thoughts is because we're really concerned with feeding people. Well, we've because always, that's we've but that's not something food, that's though. not something that you hear from the federal government. That's not something that's taken in, in, into considerations when you when you look at how much money they spend on defense contractors, fucking billions and billions of dollars on a daily basis, on a yearly basis rather, on defense contractors. How much how much they spend feeding people? Fucking zero. Okay, if they had the same resources that they put into the military and they put that into feeding people, they would be incredibly successful in feeding people. So when they come along and say, we need genetically modified foods because we need to feed people, they're not trying to feed people. They're not talking about feed people. They want profit. That's true, but all food all food has been genetically modified, all of it. Everything we Well, uh, that's, you know. there's a difference between selective breeding and growing. And right. genetically modifying well, things. They are it, changing things sure. at the genetic level to, to give them resistance to pesticides. But if they're the, doing if a the, lot if the of technology's shit. technology's out there like golden rice, which is very high in yes. vitamin A, well, there's, it's good it's for not, a lot of poor it's, kids. It's uh, not yeah. an, a yes or a no. It's not a yes or a no. That's all I'm saying. That you're right. I think that 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 the rise of technology, even in food, is inevitable. Uh, there's a good side to it, and there there can also be an evil side to it. And I think that um, 
I, I think the, the, the question is transparency and knowing and seeing all the data yes. and holding companies accountable and, and realizing that technology is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. We probably, if we have 80 million people on this planet in 50 years, we're probably going to have to resort to genetically modified foods. We already are in some parts of the world. The question becomes, how do you do it responsibly and ethically? The real issue is Paul Reiser's character from Aliens. Because <laughs> that cunty, sneaky, slimy guy who wanted to bring the alien back and yeah. use it as a biological weapon. Yep. That was what was wrong with that fucking movie. That's what you call okay? fucking full circle, ladies and gentlemen. That's, and that's what's wrong with lobbyists. That's what's, what's wrong Influence. with people influencing the Congress to yeah. let something like this sneak through where frankenfoods can be in your, in your diet and you're not even sure, aware man. of it. Or the, that's right. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's exactly right. Where, where and even people who you know, not what you're doing that matters. Yeah, and even people who might say, well, you're ignorant as to the effect of, of genetically modified foods. You're, and you are are absolutely right. I have not read that much about genetically modified foods. I have read both pro and con. I have heard, like, Cara Santa Maria had some very good points about genetically modified foods, and you have some very good points, and I've, I've, I've seen, like, Penn Gillette had some very good points. He and I had a discussion about genetically modified foods, and I respect his opinion as well. It is not that. This isn't the argument. The argument is about transparency, and it's about the access to information, and about and it's about someone who is supposed to be looking out for the interests of the people. Right allowing people to withhold information. Exactly. You should never do that. You should just never do that. You should never allow someone who's selling something to withhold some weird shit that they're doing to it I that agree. might affect your health. I want to know if the fucking yes. food I'm eating has a jelly bean, a jellyfish uh, uh, a gene in it, or, or etc. I want to know yeah. that stuff. Tell me everything you know. And this is how, uh, sort of semi-hypocritical coming from me because I'm in the supplement company. You know, I mean, uh, I'm involved with a supplement company. Yeah, I mean, but me, you take those honor, supplements yourself. I take, well, there's also, there's, there's enough tangible data on the subject that I'm confident in the results and that I also have benefited. I know that I've benefited from taking supplements. I know that I've benefited. I know that my health is, is pretty fucking good. And I, I know also a lot of it has to do with diet. A lot of it has to do with exercise. A lot of it has to do with genetics. No doubt about it. But I am very confident. I've gone through periods of, I've even made experiments where I've backed off supplements, and I get blood work done on a regular basis. I'm pretty aware of what the fuck's going on. Mm. And when my nutrients are all at a very high level, I function better. I just do. I yeah. know I do. I have more energy. I feel better. Yeah. You know, when it's all done in conjunction. But there's not enough, you know, like, if you, if you look at, like, the, the negative aspects of, uh, of, uh, that could possibly come from supplementation. There's not really enough information about that. Like, how many how many uh, vitamin D pills can you take before it makes you sick? Right, right. You know, how many? I mean, how many people take the wrong amount of this? How many people? It's like it's a real trial and error thing. Unless you're doing blood work. So I always encourage people. Like, if you're interested in your health, you got to know what the fuck is really going on. That's in your what body. Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss says, get blood work done. Yes. Don't take no. don't take guesses. He found out he was low on I think myric acid. And that's why he takes coconut oil. The only place you can find, I think it's called myric or mycelic acid, the only place you can find it is in sperm whale oil and coconut oil. Wow. And I started taking it. I got to tell you, man, like I take a teaspoon or a tablespoon in the morning. I do, I, but maybe it's psychological, but I feel better, man. I feel better when I do things like the kale shakes, like when I do, yeah. when I juice kale, when I take a, 
um, you know, coconut oil. It's a hundred percent. And I know that people are, are skeptical. And They're no like, sugar. oh, maybe people are bullshitting. Maybe this is just more placebo effect. Yeah. Maybe this is like, it makes sense. Food's a drug, man. Treat but it like that. It's, it's not just that. It's also like, what exactly is your body? Okay. Why does it need nutrients? What is really going on? What's well, some sort of a chemical process? And it just stands to reason that the, the more building blocks it gets for repair, for uh, killing, you know, uh, taking out anti, uh, you know, radicals or yeah. free radicals yeah. for destroying free radicals in your system, for um, helping you uh, strengthen your immune system, all those different things. It just only makes sense that if the machine has all it needs, right. it will function better. Did, did, did Tim Ferriss tell you? Uh, I had him on the podcast, and he said he he did um, he went to the Blue Zone in Okinawa to see where they, the the one area where they live longer than anybody else. Is it like a coral thing? No, he said he, he said he isolated. He was interested in seeing what they don't do. One thing they don't eat rice. Um, they eat blue potatoes, uh, uh, which was interesting. But blue potatoes. Yeah, but he also said that, and I tried to guess what they were. But he said there are a couple things that they have that 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 very important for health. One, they never retire, and two, strong fucking communities, and uh. and they always eat just enough. There's a there's a saying for it. I eat just enough. I never I never stuff. But mainly, they think the two main things. And Malcolm McDowell, um, uh, Gladwell talks about this. Community is fucking important for it's longevity. It's very important. Community and never retiring. Being interested and involved in something is so important for your health. And it doesn't seem – it seems metaphysical. It doesn't seem physical. Like, you know, you can – like the, this, this, this town, Rosetta, heart disease in the 50s in this country was epidemic. They'd open up soldiers who were at, at 21 and a lot of their car, arteries were like 80 percent clogged. It was epidemic. They go to this place, Rosetta which is this really tight Italian community in Pennsylvania. They ate lard. They were all overweight. None of them were dying of heart disease. They were all dying of old age. Why? The only thing they could isolate was the fact that they were such a tight, loving community. They thought maybe they come from a really strong genetic stock. They're all from the same part of Italy. They took guys from Rosetta and they, who went to other parts of the country. They were dying of heart disease at the same rate. But when they were in this fucking community, they had such a strong, tight bond within that community and so much support. They were just happy people. They were just happy people. It, it totally makes sense. There's a physical aspect of human interaction. There's, there's a reaction. There's something happening, and there's a need for it to the point where they punish people in prison by taking it away from them. If you don't touch a baby when they're, when they're, when they're between zero and one, they will die. It's called uh, failure to thrive. Oh, Hospitals Jesus. have to have people come by and hold the babies. You cannot have – they used to have in orphanages. They'd put a baby, and, and they wouldn't touch it because they didn't want to give it a disease. Oh. And when they did that, the baby would die. Oh my it's God. called failure to thrive. If you don't hold a baby – baby for a certain amount of time in, in, in during the day they will die i completely believe that yeah. it totally makes sense the, we don't want to accept it as a as an actual tangible measurable uh, sort of a feeling or a mm. thing but it, it's important community is important you're not a, like, you're not an island man no. we need each other i yeah. need, when i think of all the good times and i think about like i was watching the hunting thing that you and i go back so far i thought it, I, it's you feel so lucky when you have friends yeah. that you have so many experiences with like you and i know each other so fucking well and, <laughs> you know so well yeah. like all the thorns and all it's just such a and watch we've grown up together you know basically yeah that kind of stuff is is uh, is priceless you can yeah, keep I mean, everything else i've known you for almost 20 years now dude 20 
years, brother. It'll be 20, 20 years. years next year. 20 that's that's years. a long ass time. I know. You stop to think about how much crazy shit we've seen together. Yeah, and you've <laughs> saved me from making some crazy decisions too, dude. Well, you know, you've saved me from going insane. Uh, I mean, I remember uh, meeting you. I was like, oh, there's one out there. <laughs> there's someone out there I could hang with. Uh, well, I grew up. You know, in a bunch of different places in this country. Uh, I, you know, from when I was a little kid, I lived in San Francisco. Then I lived in Florida. But I spent, you know, all through my high school years, I spent, you know, in Boston. And one of the things about Boston, like I lived in a suburb, Newton, is you, you met a lot of real guys. There's a lot of guys who got up at six o'clock in the fucking morning and mowed lawns before they came to school. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, there was there yep. was there, and there were men's men. You know, mm -hmm. they were they were actual men. If someone talked some shit, they wanted to go punch them in the face. Right. It was like in growing up around them, it was like there was these were normal people yeah. that I could. I, if he told me a story, I knew that's what happened, or at least what he thinks it happened. Right. But I was getting mixed signals when I came to L.A. I was like. Oh my God, this is an insane asylum. I was totally ready to go back to New York. And if I didn't sign a fucking lease for my apartment, I thought my show was going to, that stupid baseball show. Yeah. Like, I was an idiot. I was, you know, 20, whatever you years old. Go oh my God, this is going to be the greatest gone. show ever. Yeah. I'm getting, getting an apartment. I can't fail. And uh, within, you know, four weeks, I knew it was doomed. And I'm like, fuck, I got a fucking apartment. Yeah. Like, I had an apartment for a year. I wanted to get out of here. Right. I was like, this is filled with crazy people. Right. And but, it is, by the way. But I slowly but surely accumulated a group of great friends. Right. It took forever. Yeah. It's like I had to slowly grab guys like you. Okay, come this way. I know. And then go, oh, here's Joey Diaz. Look at this guy. Like, oh, we got to get him. Get in there. <laughs> it's, it's really true. You, I come to L.A. It's like, you know, the first, uh, my buddy said he, he was from New York and he showed up at a party. And he goes to this party and, and there's this guy in a robe with his arm around two girls on a couch. And he goes like this. He goes, gentlemen, welcome to my place. Make yourselves at home. He was like, get me the fuck out of here right now. How about I kick you in the face just for saying that? And we're in a fucking robe, shithead. That Whatever. only works don't, don't out here. Him. Yeah, don't, yeah. Just try that in Boston or New York. See how long you last with that shit. Like, my buddy was rock climbing. We were rock climbing. My one buddy's from California. And he was being a smartass with him and telling him what to do. And my buddy was a wrestler. My buddy turned to him and goes, hey, you. I don't know you. You sure as fuck don't know me. And that's the last time I hear you tell me to do anything. And everybody got quiet, and, and he was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? The guy fucking threatened me. I go, that's right, dude. He threatened you physically because you're being a fucking disrespectful moron. There are guys out there that'll punch you in the fucking face if you don't know how to behave. There's a giant percentage of people who grow up in this coast that they don't know how to behave. Never seen a fight. What's <laughs> even if they have seen a fight? They've seen yeah. a fight between someone like them and someone yeah. like them. Yeah. I'm not talking about Mexicans either. No, no, no. Like, I'm talking about Settle white down. guys. No, I'm talking about white guys in 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 white guys in Hollywood. I'm not. Yeah. There's some tough. There's some tough. Like I know a lot of Latino guys out here who are tough as shit. That's a whole different culture. Well, what are you talking about? Is actors. Yeah, I'm talking about actors. You're really talking about actors. Right. It's, it's nothing to do with white guys, black. No, no, There's some no. tough-ass fucking Fuck regular yeah. white dudes from California. Yeah. What you're talking about is actors. That's probably right. That's what it is. Yeah. They're loons. They're fucking loons. loons. And when I when I first met you, I was like, oh, this guy's doing it. He's normal, too. Or yeah. you're not normal. You're yeah. certainly not normal, but neither right. am I. Or right. was I? Well, I was just honest about my interests, which well, were somewhat caveman. Well, but, we were you know. both dudes. Right. Like, we dudes. could talk. We were two men. I was like, oh, my God, there's another man. I could talk to this man. Right. You know, what's, what's going on here? Oh, there's this and there's that. Like, I, I'm, like, feel, I'm like, what's with this fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Look at these fucking people that were on the set with you, just on Mad TV, were exhausting, <laughs> exhausting, trying to be funny and clunky and talking about their career. Shut the fuck up. My 
God, what kind of self-serving noise is coming out of that stupid head of yours? Yeah. Like, you don't even know that someone's listening to you. You can't even have a conversation. You're not even a person. A You're one of those weird fucking actor automatons. A lot of that, a lot of, I came to dinner one time, and I had a hat on turned backwards. This Kangol <laughs> hat. I was fucking cool as shit. I looked in the mirror like 50 times that day because I just had this new hat. I fucking sit down at the dinner table. My father looked at me, and he just goes, how you doing? I go, I'm good. He goes, yeah. I can't even do it with a straight face. He, all he did is he goes, why are you wearing that hat? <laughs> I was like, I'm not anymore. I'm fucking, just the way he said it, I was like, oh, I fucking, I'm an idiot. But today, okay. if you wanted to do it, you could pull it off. Fuck. Like now you're a different man. Yeah. Now you're self-actualized, self-realized. Yeah. Now you could show up with a beret on and sure. like, father, you're, you're missing a certain amount of sophistication and worldliness that my generation, shit. I mean, I read books. I'm wearing a beret. It's like. <laughs> You can't fuck a, with this. And a scarf. But you could laugh about that and it would be great. Oh, of course. But if I was 21 and I was wearing a beret, I was serious. I was really trying to wear a beret like a fucking asshole. Like, what am I? What are the, like, you know what I mean? Like, what were those green, not the, what are those dudes oh, yeah. that, the, the, the guardian angels? Remember that? Oh, they were the Do you greatest. Remember that? Of course. Dude, I remember being oh. in Boston and they just made it to Boston. They're red they were berets. In, yeah, they were in New York for a while, and they just made it to Boston. And the guy was walking around with his Guardian Angels uh, T-shirt on and his beret on, and he's walking. And I look at him, and I'm following him, and I'm locking eyes when he looks at me and goes, Fuck you. <laughs> he gave me the finger. And I'm like, what? I didn't even say anything. I didn't even say anything. And you are a fucking Guardian Angel? Jesus. Really? And then the guy who was uh, the head of it, who's Curt like some radio DJ guy yeah. now, yeah. he like faked a rape. He faked uh, where he helped someone. Oh, and no. it, and it, yeah, well, he, he got shot, up. you know. They, yeah, they, but there was something that he faked. Hold on, I'll, I'll pull it up. I don't want to slander the young man. Curtis Silva, I think his name is. Yeah. Fake story. Let's look up fake story. He started the. He started the uh, yeah, I think that was horse shit. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think that might. Okay. Curtis Silva's History of Lies and Publicity Stunts, Part 1. Ooh. Oh, no. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. He admitted to creating and perpetuating at least six hoaxes over the years between 1979 and 1980, according to the December 14th, 1992 issue of People magazine. Because that's, remember, when he got in trouble. And the article, Civil Recounts, uh, October 1980 publicity stunt where he claimed he was kidnapped by New York City Transit Police and told if the Guardian Angels don't quit patrolling the subways, they would kill him. Everyone was against us, Silva blatantly explained, the mayor, the cops, even the public. We just needed some good attention. Oh, he's a fucking scam artist. You know, if you're a scam artist once, you're a scam artist forever. F- fuck you. Right. You know, you. this is just, this is what he's doing. I mean, I guess, can you bounce back from that? Sure. I'm going to try to do that with my stand-up. Somehow I'm going to be like, I got arrested for making people laugh too much. They were pulling people out on fucking, out on stretchers. This guy would have to bounce back a long way, though, man. You know, he would bounce, he'd have to bounce back a long way. Because this is, he's had another guy worked with him who claimed that he faked several incidents, including highly publicized rape of then-wife Lisa Silva. Jesus. Sliwa, whatever it is. Yeah, he's a... And he faked that, too. Yeah. Wow. It's well, bullshit. they did lure him into a cabin. They did shoot him, I think, in the legs or something. Yeah, well, whatever it is. I mean, <clears throat> who knows what happened? He might have paid someone to do something crazy to him. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it was just, if you're doing this many bullshit yeah, yeah, publicity yeah. stunts, you're probably a really annoying guy. Somebody eventually actually do, does want to shoot you. <laughs> Gets really annoyed at you. 
<sighs> Silly bitch. But if I was wearing that beret, yeah. Yeah. Smack me. If I was yeah. 21, smack me. You're not allowed to wear a beret. Yeah, even today I can't pull off a beret. No, nobody can. <laughs> nobody can pull nobody off a beret. Unless you're Randy a, Couture Unless you're a green beret. beret, unless you're a green beret or in the French Foreign Legion, then yeah. you can wear a, a beret. If or you're a in G.I. Joe. Yeah, if you're G.I. Joe. Even does then, um does even he then. does the new G.I. Joe, does he have a beret? I think one of the guys the is Rock? probably like Falcon or something. Berets if they're done well, like I went to uh Oh, he's uh, turned his corner. Came right back around. Yeah, Berets if they're done well. If you got a machine gun and you're French or you're in the French Foreign Legion or something, you can actually that, that you you look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of isn't that kind of funny that you're uh, like if you're a killer, you're allowed to wear a beret. Yeah. yeah. Like that's when you're allowed to wear the silliest hat ever. That's right. We want you to wear the silliest hat ever because you're our best killer. Right. Like, why not give him a cat in the hat hat? Imagine that the fucking see instead of the green that, berets, yeah, that the cat in the hats. Oh, okay. Just they're so gangster they don't give a fuck if you see their hats. <laughs> they're coming at you. This is pretty funny. Here's uh here's a s- screenshot of GI Joe two. All right, uh-huh. we got the characters, and yeah. then we got hi guys. I'm wearing a beret here. He doesn't look bad. No, the Brian keeps saying that he has a gay accent. <laughs> you gotta, Brian, just stop doing that voice. That's Dennis Quaid. That's Dennis Quaid. It's so dumb. He's it's it doesn't sound like him, and you can't keep repeating it. It's, it's not nice. funny. It's so not many true. People agreed with me. Nobody that. agreed with you. Oh. Uh, people that agreed with you just wanted to talk to you. No, no, no. They just no, wanted no, to reach no, out to you on the internet. They're, that, they're that's crazy, a bad Dennis, too. That's a bad Dennis Quaid. He's not. He doesn't sound I said, gay. I said, he doesn't all I sound said gay. Is, I think Dennis Quaid sounds like a, a, a uh, South Park character. Really? He Trey does. Parker doing South Park character. Well, what he did sound like in that movie, you're talking about that the day after tomorrow, was co- totally fake. Yeah. It, that's absolutely true. It was, like a, it was such a super fake movie that his, his acting sucked. It was, yeah. it was a terrible movie. I mean, What's it called? The Day After Tomorrow. It's it's almost impossible. It would be seen, impossible to do and not be ridiculous. What have you seen that you love besides Les Miserables? What have you seen? Uh, well, that I got I injected. I got Les Miserables injected into my asshole with a laser beam. I didn't. I wouldn't watch it on the screen. I want to experience it through my central nervous system. Asshole first. And uh, I love, I love I, musicals. I came. Musicals are backwards. I backwards. came in my own mouth. It's my my cum. I opened my mouth, and I, it was I'm like the crescendo. The it, the a, a jet came out of my cock that was the exact shape of my mouth on the inside, and it went in seamlessly. There it, it is. was an airtight, airtight seal gallon of cum. <laughs> That just like 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 didn't a wiffle have, ball bat expanded from the tip of my dick out in a fan, the shape of my mouth, and went right in the hole. <laughs> you had to you had to sit through a fucking a musical one time. I remember you told me. I go, what was it like? He goes, it was a murderous attention on my a murderous on my assault ass- my attention murderous span. Assault on my attention. Yeah, I had a friend that was uh, in a, a musical, and we all went and uh, we watched the first half, oh, and then I was like, what do you guys think? And they're like, well, I think uh, she's doing a really great job. I think it was awesome. And I said, that was a fucking murderous assault on your attention span. How dare you pretend you'd like that? Oh, Nobody man. could possibly like that. You were, you're watching nonsense. You're watching songs that suck for no reason. Someone's singing songs for no reason, and those songs are fucking terrible. This shit doesn't make any sense. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. You're not enjoying this. Well, it'd just be weird if I started singing now to tell you. Joe, you're my friend. And those they, like they drop their jaw. So stupid. I get embarrassed when I when I see those things where all of a sudden the guy starts to sing. Well, what about the time that you had an acting class? Brian had an acting oh, class once. Yes. And it was in the did I who did I, I oh, okay. It was Brian in an acting class, and it was he had a, a the the teacher was singing show tunes, yeah. and Brian called me up and he says you have to come to this 
my teacher is going to sing show tunes, and he means it. He means it. So I, I went. I found Brian, and me and him just like cuddled up like a couple of retards. Like, oh my <laughs> goodness, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It was great. Like, he was singing like the, I, I got her. He was a great. You know, he was a guy. He's a great guy, but he just loved show tunes. Fucking loved them, and 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 very straight. And uh, I was just, I was so fascinated. I was like, you love musicals. He, he loved them. You, you know, I sat through a musical. You know, I took a musical theater class. You know that. Did yeah. I ever tell you that? Was that your teacher? Was he the teacher? Yes. I was, was so obsessed with the so whole ridiculous. idea. I was like, I got to see who loves this stuff. I, I get obsessed with that stuff. I right. love seeing the insanity. <laughs> and I, I'll get involved in it, man. I enjoyed it, ah. man. I enjoyed it for all the wrong reasons. But you and I had a great fucking time that great. night. It was really a good he laugh. Was, yeah, he was great. He was I, remember, great. I had the lyrics of one of his song stuck in my head for so many years yeah. because it was so bad it was like those like, show tunes those, those... may you have a drink <laughs> when you are thirsty and need a drink really literal songs like, yes, on the nose really bad it was but it was like one of those where it's like she's gone you, away may you have on a, a train yes yes <laughs> the sun is down <laughs> may you have a hug when you need a hug we like, should do a musical oh movie. no we shouldn't yes no we're hunting no, now no. Listen, I really enjoyed um, the Book of Mormon. That was the last. I didn't see that. It was great. It's oh, great. Fuck. It's really good. Uh, but I, I like their movies better. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Even yeah. even even it's the best case scenario when a bunch of people are singing. It's I not as be fun. A musical theater guy now. South like South Park. The movie is still to this day. I think like one of the greatest comedy special or comedy movies it's ever. I been remember done. you called me up that. You know I've never seen it. Oh my god, that's so crazy. crazy. Is it Team America? Never. Oh my, oh my god. god. I have to, right? Yes. What is wrong with you? Uh, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm, I'm going to write that down yeah. right now. Because, and it was America. because it was, it was so ridiculous. And Team America was also a musical. There was a lot of musical elements to it. It was like a, it was a little bit of music and then a lot of acting. Sort of like, even like the Book of Mormon. Isn't is. that the one where Sean Penn got really mad at them for yeah. making fun of... Uh... Did he? Yeah, of a lot of things. Come on, Sean. You got to take. Oh, Sean. He gets a little uptight. He needs a hug. Well, it's against. He's a fucking actor. There's no getting around that, man. (laughs) The best actors, the most, the the coolest ones to hang out with are still not nearly as interesting as your average landscaper. Right. It's a fact. That's why on my podcast, I never have actors. I always want to have, like, you know, other people, like somebody who writes a book or, uh, you know, or a soldier. I don't know, somebody, a a lawyer, you know, that's more interesting to me. Yeah, I remember I was listening to an interview, and uh, I think Brad Pitt's an awesome actor, no doubt about it. But it was like, I was listening, it was like on CNN, and I wasn't paying attention. You don't care. And I was like, who's this idiot that Larry King's talking to? Look over there, it's Brad Pitt. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't mean he's good at making believe, and that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean he's got charisma, he's great to look at. It doesn't mean I'm going to listen to his point of view on life uh, you know i mean well also i think that the, the the ability to transform yourself into another person like you know like does, doesn't necessarily lend itself no. to you being a, an eloquent public speaker and representative of of your craft you, you mean know like, you're probably a weirdo it's like thinking why, about why? shit all the time a weirdo you mean because daniel day lewis lived in a fucking log cabin with no electricity through the whole time he shot lincoln hey hey Meanwhile, it's called acting it's dude still sucked <laughs> 
That's gotta suck when you do that. When you spend so much time well, and you're like still the boring the fucking shit out of me. The movie The Boxer. He trained for three years to be a boxer for really yeah. got good. And I watched. It. I was like, well, you could have done the movie without being a boxer. Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't that. It wasn't like the deciding factor. But it was to him, man. You it understand? Him, he man. he is that guy. Christian Bale said it the best. They said, why do you lose weight? All you put yourself through all this crazy shit. He goes, you know why I do that stuff, dude? I make believe I wear makeup for a living. It doesn't make me feel like a man. So I got to make it really fucking difficult on myself. It was a great answer. That dude needs a hug, too. They all need hugs. Yeah. Okay? Marky Mark doesn't have that attitude. Uh-uh. Okay? And look at him. He's successful. You guys, want it. you guys want attitude and you want to laugh? You come to San Antonio. El- laugh Out Loud Comedy Club Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> LOL. LOL San Antonio. And listen to the 10-Minute Podcast and Brian Callen Show. I'm out. Yeah, you dirty fucks. All right. That's a good way to end this thing. Let's fucking wrap it up. This uh, this uh, Saturday night, I'll be in Indianapolis, Indiana, with young Tony Hinchcliffe, taking Tony out on the road, break his little comedy booty, break his cherry in. He's Joe Rogan. What'd you say? H plus inch, Cliff plus E. What is that? That's how you spell his last name. Oh, oh. <laughs> Silly. Um, oh, so that's uh, that's this Saturday night, Indianapolis, uh, New, New Brunswick and New Jersey. I'm pretty sure it's sold out. And uh, I think San Jose sold out too. So Sam, Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience. That's my Walking Dead voice. Every time time I see you and then I see me, we certainly could have been brothers. Oh, easily. Well, everybody in my house, by the way, my parents watched the the Meat Eater episode. They they want to see it because they were kind of freaked out about me killing a deer. It was a little little odd to see them watch us gut it with a hatchet, yeah. like chip open the fucking rib <laughs> cage. It was pretty intense stuff. Yeah. But um, they were like, you guys look the, like the closest to brothers you ever have. Yeah, like, really? as you get older, you really look like brothers. It's, really it's getting weird. I kept like, I was like, is that Joe or is that me? That's strange. I'm better looking, obviously. Fun times. Still... A little sexier. You're yeah. a little sexier. Yeah. Rogan.ting.com, bitches. Go there. Save yourself $25. Put it in your mouth. Yeah. Put it in your mouth oh. and rub its balls. That doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, Ting. You don't deserve that for your commercial. Rogan.ting.com. Go there and save yourself $25 off either a phone or service, an excellent company that supports the podcast. So please support them. We are also brought to you by Squarespace. And uh, I think it is squarespace.com forward slash Joe. And I think uh, I think it's the, the code is Joe3, right? Joe no. 4 now. It's probably right? Joe 4 if now. If 4 doesn't work, do Joe 3. Yeah. Be creative. If 4 doesn't work, just figure it out, you dirty fucks. But go to Squarespace and support them. Easy, easy website setup and awesome yeah, look, look at this nice ability. Look at that. I want Dolphin Butthole. He put that shit together <laughs> while this show is going on, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? I mean, it's really that ridiculous. And he probably will maintain it, too. It's so easy. <laughs> Throw some pictures up there every now and then. And people only people who listen to this episode will know about this. Register that. Hurry, quickly. Use Hover to register it. I want Dolphin Butthole. Um, dot com. Don't get dot org because then you can't profit legally, I think. I made that up. Get dot net. Be clever. Be different. Be indie. Um, uh, go also to um, squarespace.com forward slash Joe, right? Is that what it is? Did yeah. we figure that out? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go there. Go to Squarespace, you fucks. Get, get yourself a goddamn website. We're all out of the uh, chimp kettlebells at onit.com, but we got more coming. And like I said, a lot more cool shit headed your way. And if you think of any cool shit that we need to have in the store, fucking let us know about it. Dick pills? Settle down, son. Those gas station ones you can't sell legally over the internet. Mm. 
them Cialis Chinese That's mixtures. sold from Canada. Powerful Brian Callen. Thank you for having me on, Joe Thank Rogan. Thank you for being on again. Mm-hmm. You, sir, are awesome. Not as awesome as you, my You friend. are the awesomest ever, That's so it's impossible talk. to be any more awesome. So what you said makes no sense. Yeah. Powerful Brian Red Band. Where are you at this weekend, Cupcake? Uh, Tell ice, these people. Ice House Friday. Powerful Ice House Friday. Who's going to be there with you? I uh, don't know yet. Powerful lineup, though. There's always really funny comics in town. I mean, it's L.A. and uh, Pasadena Ice House is the oldest comedy club love in the it. country, as far love, as I know. Is it really? Yeah, yeah it's been around that. I love that. more I like than 50 years. I like the little room and I like the big room. Yeah, like we, we just did the little room last uh, Friday night. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. Hey, we love the shit out of you people, and we'll see you tomorrow with Douglas Rushkoff. Um, uh, brilliant author and a really interesting guy, and we should gonna ha- we're gonna have some really cool conversation tomorrow with Douglas. Uh, Google him if you don't know who the fuck he is. What am I, your mom? Suck it. See you fucks tomorrow.